Wrestle Talk Podcast. For the next two hours, we will bring you the latest pro wrestling news, in-depth analysis of all your favorite promotions from across the globe, and much, much more. We will also bring you exclusive interviews with the greatest professional wrestling personalities on the local, national, and international levels. If you want to follow the WrestleTalk podcast, check us out online at www.wrestletalkpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And now, it's time for the reigning, defending, undisputed leader in pro wrestling podcast, the WrestleTalk podcast. All right, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's installment of the Wrestle Talk Podcast right here on all forms of social media and on WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Alongside me, as you can see on the screen, is my broadcast colleague, Justin Wade. Now, Justin, I got to tell you right now, from the way it looks, man, every time you come on the show, it seems like it's getting colder and colder in the Pacific Northwest. How are you doing out there in the, in the greater Washington area? I'm doing great. It's about uh, 34 right now. Um, the snow's... Uh, uh, staying at bay we're not getting much snow here right now but i heard it's supposed to get bad again because it's coming from the it's coming from the east coming from the snoqualmie pass and uh they're already closing roads uh east of us so uh it's earlier than usual they said for that to happen so uh usually when it snows around here my big tank of a mercury grand marquee is useless in this type of weather so for the next two hours i'm uh trying to keep that out of my head my mind so we can enjoy some uh interesting and exciting wrestling talk well i gotta tell you right now justin again as we have Assad welcoming us here to episode number 420 of the wrestle Ooh. talk podcast i gotta tell you right now tonight's going to be a great show we've got a man who's going to be on the program here at 8 15 tonight a man that you and I are both very familiar with, Justin, that being the big Texan. And I got to tell you, the man has a, no pun intended, a very big, tall order this coming Saturday night oh, yeah. when he takes on Attila Khan for the SICW Classic Championship. Justin, I know we're going to have big Texan on here a little more than an hour, but I yeah. just got to ask you, you, you've seen both men in the ring. Yes. What can people expect this coming Saturday night in East Carondelet? It is going to be what, uh, what one uh, amazing announcer called Good Old JR would call a slobber knocker. They are going to bring their A game to one another because I've known they've they've clashed in the past, and each time they take a bit of flesh, as they say, a pound of flesh every time they get they go to battle. And um, it's going to be interesting seeing these two big behemoths. It just it just brings me back to the old days, the strong style of Japan wrestling, and I, I get that feeling whenever those two get in the ring and, and uh, tussle. Uh, I, I, they better have, uh, let's just say, uh, a blood bank nearby so they can replenish themselves after this Saturday. Well, I can tell you right now, Justin, we're going to talk more with the Big Texan here in a little more than an hour in our in our second hour. I got to tell you right now, the Big Texan has been on a roll of momentum. I mean, he is the current SICW uh, tag champion along with the night train Gary Jackson. And, I mean, again, if you're going to have anybody watching your back, especially being a tag team champion like Gary Jackson, that definitely has to be an ace in your pocket. And we're going to talk more about that later on here this evening on the program. Uh, I do want to remind people here, we've already had some people comment in tonight on tonight's program. Make it a point to like and share the broadcast. 
Also, if you want to join us, make sure that you identify yourself. Make sure that you are seen here on the chat, much like we had earlier with Assad being able to identify himself. Also, as a reminder to make sure to share the hashtag Let's Talk Wrestling because that's what we're going to do here each and every week at 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock on the East Coast, 6 o'clock Mountain Time, and 5 o'clock on the West Coast, where our good friend Justin Wade is here this evening. Now, Justin, i got to tell you, we're going to go ahead and take care of a little bit of business here, give you a little bit of time to prepare because you know what's coming. Before we get things started tonight, we do need to go ahead here and take care of acknowledging not only our great wrestling fans that tune in each and every Tuesday night, but we also need to acknowledge our great sponsors. So we're going to go ahead and give our our wonderful uh, folks behind the scenes a second here to put up our list of great sponsors. We have Royal Mills Transportation. If you get a chance, check out check them out in Kansas City with Dewan Mills. Rathbun Engraving, if you want to pick up your very own WrestleTalk podcast mug for $20, make it a point to check us out online and ask for information. Noble Men's Barber Lounge, Kansas City, a place that I know that the Night Owl frequents regularly. Kincaid, Kincaid at the Oak Park Mall. Our good friends over at Interstate 70 Sports Media, Little Pop Designs, the people behind those great podcast tumblers, and the world's premier fantasy wrestling group, the FWWC, which you can catch every Thursday night at 7.30 right here, not only at WrestleTalkPodcast.com, but all your other great wrestling media outlets. Now, guys, I got to tell you, tonight's going to be a great night of professional wrestling. Justin, I got to tell you, you said... The, the, the word, that, that S word, the snow word, we don't want to talk about that here in St. Louis yet. I mean, if we oh, could yeah. avoid snow altogether, that would be totally fine by me. And, and by all means, when I was a kid, I loved the holy hell out of this crap. Now that I'm almost 40 years old, it's the bane of my existence. No one knows how to drive. And when you are driving, you got to drive like 15, 20 miles an hour. So it means you have to get up extra early. I love to sleep. And nothing gets me through a day like a good nap. And, you know, I love, you know, so having to wake up an extra hour early, make sure you get to work on time and safely. I just I, sometimes, you know, I love it that I'm here in Seattle, but I need to find a place that has, you know, I might need to head down to Clearwater and hang out with the Hulkster because he has a nice little karaoke every uh, Monday and Tuesday nights and uh, bang and clang down at the gyms, like he would say. And enjoying the nice clear water beach. Well, you know something, Justin? You could always go the traditional mode and go to Venice Beach and, and go out there and make sure that you're lifting. Because I know I can tell you, for those that can't tell here on the Russell Talk Podcast, you are a very, very athletic individual. You spend plenty of time at the gym. You're known for moving lots of weights, great cardiovascular conditioning, even at your advanced age. And advanced I'm gonna... age. I'm 38, <laughs> you old bum. <laughs> But when it comes down to it, though, I mean, again, you are still in phenomenal shape. I mean, again, many years in the ring still could. I mean, again, you still could outrun me in a race hands down. Oh, I, so. I got some rust on me, my friend. I got some miles on this body. So. <laughs> well, brother, I'm going to tell you right now. I mean, when it comes down to it, tonight is going to be a great show. There is no rust when it comes to the Russell Talk podcast. We got a lot of great information coming up. We're going to have kind of an extended high spot segment here in the first hour as well, because there's a lot of things going on. In the world of pro wrestling, I mean, we have a new AEW world champion to talk about. We've got ROH final battle. We've got things going on with the WWE. We've got potential new signings in the WWE. There's a lot of things going on. But, and I'm going to warn those that have been watching the program and are longtime fans of the Russell Talk podcast. Each and every week, 
to keep everything official and to make sure that we pay homage to the greatest country in the world, that being America. We're going to go ahead and pay homage. So at this time, if you please remove your caps, place your hand over your heart as we pay homage to the greatest country in the world. Let's go ahead and hit that music. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you as we paid homage to the greatest country in the world, and that is the good old United States of America. And I got to tell you right now, Justin, I think we really need to have a poll, and I know we can't bring it back, but we need to have a poll. Which one was better, the Carl Lewis rendition or the Roseanne rendition of the national anthem? Both of them are good. And Maestro! Neither of them. I had to jump in when you wanted to bring that up. Neither. In fact, no, I take that back. Carl Lewis, because Roseanne is like listening to a raccoon have a brain hemorrhage. No. While scratching a chalkboard. No. No, 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 no. Copyright is the only reason we play Roseanne's. Not doing it. That is all. God love you guys. But no, I love you too. Roseanne sounds like a raccoon and also looks like a raccoon in a dumpster. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow, this is <clears throat> this is definitely going to be one of those memorable shows here. And again, ladies and gentlemen, if you wish to chime in here, if you want to add into the discussion here this evening, make it a point to uh, send your messages here in the chat. Uh, right now, I know we've had Assad send us several messages. Again, thank you, Assad, for being a loyal member of the WrestleTalk Podcast family. Hey, Along Dean. With Dean. Dean, thanks for sending us the message. And again, tonight, in a little over an hour, actually an hour and five minutes, we're going to have the big Texan right here on the WrestleTalk Yeah, Podcast. but it's going to go by in a flash, man, because we can fill this hour with so much going on in the, the world of wrestling with all the promotions that are going on right now. Well, you know something, Justin, I, I, again, I know, I know we're going to talk about it later on tonight, but I got to tell you, I, I, I've really been uh, pretty busy in my office. Uh, I, I know you're very familiar with the St. Louis wrestling scene being a long time uh, competitor here. Dynamo pro wrestling at Thanksgiving slam, uh, a changing of the guard, if you will, in dynamo pro wrestling. And I have to say this is my job as media relations director at Dynamo Pro Wrestling. Joe Lance's favorite wrestler, the snitch, became the Dynamo Pro Heavyweight Champion. I, I mean, I'll tell you right now, every time that I have gone to the office since the snitch has won the Dynamo Pro Championship, it's either been our broadcast colleague, Jeremy Carp, or it's been Chris Rodell, or countless other members of the media team. It's almost like I have to completely answer everything for the snitch and it, it's one of those where i mean if you look at it we even have an idea if, if i don't know if we have the graphic here or not but he has gone as far as our december event is mary snitchmas that's got a nice little ring to it you know uh, uh I don't, you know what i'm like <laughs> 
Fucking bullshit! <laughs> fucking bullshit! I'm, uh, I'm, I'm digging, uh, you know, usually snitches get stitches, but this guy's turned that whole facade around. You know, uh, he comes out and uh, he does his thing, and, uh, you know, that belt kind of, you know, I, you know, it's always, I'm always pulling for the most competitive, and, you know, that Benjamin Trust, you know, he uh, he uh, carried that belt, that banner for a while, and uh, it looks like the change in the guard, you know, it's, Maybe maybe this will be a good thing, you know. Maybe uh, the world of uh, the world of wrestling needs to have a little more snitch in their life, if you so, so, so to speak. So, Justin, I I have one question, and again, I, I'm I'm just gonna say this: What fantasy world do you live in? The oh, snitch I live in a- made everybody's life miserable for the last three four years, and now well, the Dynamo Pro Champion, it's even more of a headache it's more frustration i mean what's next i mean that that's all i'm going to say we've got to talk about high spots i'm not going to go very far and assad like i say if we can go ahead and bring up assad's comment this is the last time i'm going to talk about the snitch here tonight let's go ahead and bring up that comment they had the rock bottom pay-per-view and now we have Mary. <laughs> hey yeah, yeah fantastic I, buried alive match with taker and austin from that show yeah well i so. gotta say right now and i'm gonna put it put it nicely that's the last I'm talking about the snitch tonight. We got a lot of great things to talk about in the world of pro wrestling. Again, if you want to share your thoughts, make it a point to go ahead and send us something in the comments. If it's something we feel that is very important or if we feel that you need to contribute in, we'll even make it a point to get every opportunity to get you here on the program tonight. I mean, again, it's one of those, we got a lot of great topics, but in order to get things started, we need to go ahead and get that great intro music set up from the one and only DJ Money to get us ready for high spots here tonight. On the Wrestle Talk Podcast. My check, my check. Yeah. All right, all right. Wrestle Talk Podcast. DJ Money. Yeah. Let's go. Welcome to high spots for the top news like Claire Chop. We talk shop. Coming through the screen with the laptop. And non stop like a runner speaks with the black top. We hit hard like chair shots and back drops. I'm uh. a flash, look like a belly flop. Now that's hard. We see why they stay slow. Wrestle talk podcast. Now they know we about to start the show. Uh. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome my check, to the my high check. spots. And of course, we're just going to keep DJ Money going because, again, if you need any music, any kind of genre, if you need any kind of digital media, make it a point to check out DJ Money. Ask a member of the Wrestle Talk Podcast family, and we'll make it a point to get you the information. Whether it's posters, album covers, you name it, DJ Money is a man of all trades, and you can check him out. He's very reasonably priced as well. For more information, please make sure to contact the Wrestle Talk Podcast. And we'll make it a point to put you in contact with DJ Money, the man behind the Russell Talk Podcast High Spot segment intro. And speaking of which, Justin, we don't need to hear anymore about the introduction. We need to go ahead here. We got a lot to talk about, and I know we've got our randomizer going, but it's been kind of on the on on the uh, how, how do you say here? It's it's been broken. I guess would be the best way to put it. We're going to go ahead and try our best to make sure that High Spots is going to work for us tonight. Keep your fingers crossed for those that are watching out in the wonderful world of the internet and on social media. Let's go ahead and bring up our first High Spots question of the evening. I don't know if our indicator... Ooh! Taking a, a trip here to AAA, I know a lot of people have been very familiar 
with Cain Velasquez. And supposedly we've heard from multiple media outlets that he has reached a verbal deal to be involved with AAA through April of 2023. Is this a wise move for AAA? Justin, I, I'm going to ask you your thoughts here. I mean, again, yeah. like I follow MMA, you follow the career of Cain Vasquez or Cain Velasquez. Here's my question. Is this good for AAA? Well, right now it is because it's just a verbal deal. Right now, they're they're staying on the out. They're staying right on the rim of this this uh, this deal right now because uh, Velasquez, you know, he's got some uh, judicial proceedings going on in his life, and uh, you know, it's good until he can get through with that. I, you know, uh, you know, everyone has their day in court, and uh, hopefully, you know, he gets he gets what he wants out of this. And I think if they keep it, you know, verbal, that's fine. As soon as you know the dust clears, they can make it permanent. I think that he would bring a, uh, this would be good for AAA because quite honestly, out of all the leagues, you know, like we got WWE, AEW, New Japan, Ring of Honor, PWG in uh, uh, California. Right now, I Justin, I, I believe you're still there. Um, you there, Rob? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Um, are you okay? There we are. He's, okay. he's just shocked about Cain Velasquez. That, that is I true. Know. I mean, that happens. All right. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Jeremy, for getting us going again, brother. Oh, no problem, um, man. So, anyways, Luke, as I was saying, I think it'd be good for a AAA because right now, with uh, you know. It, and they need something going because yeah, they're very popular down down south. They just they need to get more uh, more apparent here in the in the states. And maybe I'm uh, you know living under a rock, but you know only time I hear over here about AAA is stuff like this stuff when Jeff Jarrett's doing stuff down there because uh, I know he had some dealings with them down there. So I think this is a good thing. Uh, hopefully, uh, it's a good thing in the long run. But like you know. Uh, it's good that it's a verbal deal, not written in stone yet, because we don't know what's going to happen with uh, Kane, uh, you know, in the long run with his uh, with his uh, judicial issues. So, well, I got to say, I, I'm more of a, a of the other side of the coin here. I don't think it's a good idea for Triple H. It's not necessarily because of his 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 potential judicial issues, and I agree with you. Everybody's entitled their day in court. But if you look back at the opportunity he had before. He competed, if I'm not mistaken, for one match in the WWE. One. But how much training did he have prior to that match? I, I know, think he had a fair amount of training, but... I think he's going to be comfortable in AAA. I think WWE was maybe too much of a shocker for him. And let me tell you, I don't care who you are. If they're like, we're going to put you in the ring with Brock, that is a kind of a, um, a shock to your system. So I think this will be good. He can. He, here's the thing. He 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 sows his oats down in AAA, and then he you know he can work his way back up into the states. I think this is a good thing for Kane. Well, I'm gonna tell you right now. And we had the message up here earlier, and again, our good broadcast uh, colleague Sunny Money Mail. And I again, saw that. Sunny, we're throwing it out there right here, making Money? sure to represent the the Sunny Money Coffee Meter. Although this is hot chocolate, by the way. I agree with Sunny. This to me, this isn't a this isn't a needle mover. Um, I really think that uh, there could have been some better signings. Uh, but again, only time will tell. I mean, again, it's one of those, he really doesn't have a lot of experience as far as uh, professional wrestling matches. He's a very accomplished MMA fighter. He's very knowledgeable in the ring. Only time is going to tell. I mean, again, it's just one of those where, again, 
a lot of people are saying that they're they're really looking at the the litigation side of this. But Justin, you hit it right on point in saying that this was just honestly, until there's a day in court, it's kind of one of those things where you just kind of got to sit and let the judicial system play out the way. It in a verbal deal, it's they can cut their losses if things go south for uh, Kane. You know, uh, you know they don't they, they're not going to lose any money. You know, it might be a pay per deal, a, a pay per appearance. So who knows? That is true. That is very true. Uh, now let's go ahead real quick here. We're going to go ahead and move to our second question here. And again, if you guys have any input, any comments that you want to share about these high spots questions, make it a point to share them in the chat. We're seeing them right now. And okay, Jeremy, I thought you said you were going to have the uh, yeah you were going to have the randomizer fixed. I did, and that is, and I wanted to pop up because I wanted to be the one to stumble upon this and ask you guys this. Okay. So, this is a breaking news. There are several media outlets out there that report that Colby Carino is finishing up with the NWA and is expected to sign with WWE. Now, if so, who benefits the most with this deal? Gentlemen, Ooh. have at it. Okay. Hey, uh, hey uh, Luke, is uh, Colby Carino, is this Steve Carino's kid? Yep. And he, okay. uh, he has it. He has spent a good amount of time in, in the wrestling industry. I mean, I do believe yes. that he he uh, he spent some time. Again, bear with me here a minute. My memory's not the best that it used to be. Um, he did spend some time, as it said, in the NWA. Uh, I believe he spent some time in MLW. Um, he spent uh, time in several promotions here in the United States. He's a, a very seasoned wrestler. I, I don't know at this point... I I, I, I got to be honest with you. I think without a cruiserweight division, I don't see this really benefiting anybody. I Colby Carino's accomplished, but I just don't see anything for him right now. I mean, again, a lot of people have been saying in the NWA, and, and he's even made the comment uh, through several different media outlets, when you put him and Homicide in the ring together, just like Steve Carino and Homicide, it always seems to leave the fans wanting more. And I just, I don't see this being a good move for Colby Carino. I do believe this is a good move for him because you got to make, you got to, here's the thing. He's going to learn so much in NXT that, Hey, if he doesn't make it to the main roster, it's going to, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, a line on his resume, man. You know, he's going to learn a lot of stuff from the old school guys. Michaels is in the NXT program, Shawn Michaels. And, you know, he's going to learn a lot while he's down there. I think it's going to, you know, he's not, you know, who knows if he's going to be the next uh, big thing on the roster, but you got to do what you can while you, you know, with what you got. And I think he'll benefit the most out of this deal. Well, I mean, again, that's one of the things we got to look at too, though, Justin, is the idea. And again, we've had a lot of people uh, throwing out their comments here aside, talking about seeing him with the NWA 74th anniversary and again, in no way, shape, or form are we discrediting Colby Carino. I mean, he's a phenomenal competitor. I mean, the guy goes out there, he gives 100%. He's great inside the ring. I mean, I to me personally, I just, like I said, I would rather see him in a promotion like an MLW or an NWA or a New Japan before I think that it would benefit him to be going there. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't even think at this stage in the game – I would even want to see him go to AEW before I would want to see him go to the WWE because I think there's more available for it. 
Well, if he goes to AEW, he's just going to sadly get lost in the shuffle. Like, I, you know, uh, I could go on all day about, you know, my AEW feelings right now. But uh, like I said, uh, WWE, I think, will be good. Then, you know, um, you know, if it doesn't work out, then he can, you know, go back to those promotions previously that you said MLW and so forth. So. <laughs> Well, I mean, again, it's one of those things. We're just going to, again, much like we had in our earlier discussion, time's going to tell. But, again, as you hear on the on the program, we're both for, from both sides of the coin here. I mean, again, one thing I will say, and I had an opportunity before we went live on the air to see a match online between him and Homicide. And if you haven't seen Colby Carino take on Homicide, you are missing out. I mean, Steve Carino and Homicide was good. But I want to put Colby Carino and Homicide right on that same level. I mean, again, more great matchups of Carino versus Homicide. And, again, if you haven't had a chance to check them out, please do so. Now, I want to say uh, send a shout-out there to Jeremy with that question. Uh, at this point here, let's go ahead real quick and throw one more question. I think we may be joined here in a little bit. We've had several people send us messages here, and we want to say thank you to all of our great viewers who've been yeah. putting, putting comments in here. Uh, that handsome son of a gun again. He, he's I know. back again by popular demand, Jerry. I know, right? You know, you know I, I wanted to maintain some backstage privacy tonight, but you know what? The, this high spots, the top, what has been reported today, it just blows my mind. So, gentlemen, after messing with the randomizer, it stumbled across this. Now, in the PWI top 100 tag teams, the Usos garnered the number one oh, spot. Yeah. Now, in your guys' opinion, and for the folks tuning in at home, are the Usos the best tag team in pro wrestling? I I believe so. I believe they are tearing it up in the United, you know, in the WWE. Uh, they're they've gone through every team. You did, they're putting teams together, and they can't get they can't get those belts off of them. Now, there's rumors speculating is somewhere down the line that. Uh, uh, you know, Sami Zayn might be leaving the bloodline, you know, and he might align with Kevin Owens down the line to take those straps off the Usos. But right now, the Usos are the hottest team in pro wrestling. Yeah, you got you got FTR and uh, AEW and the, you know, with all the belts they got from Ring of Honor, New Japan and uh, AAA. But right now, the Usos are tearing it up They're Besides tearing it up, that faction, the bloodline is one of the is is. I, I, I get old school vibes every time I see the bloodline on TV. They're running the show. Last Monday, it, they didn't even need Roman. And they run roughshod over the roster that was coming at them. Well, I did see it right now, Justin. And I mean, again, this is going to be kind of a, a strange way to look at it. You and I had a discussion earlier on about two tag teams that are being kind of left out in the dark here. And I'm actually going to throw three teams at you. Okay. One I'm going to throw at you. And this is going to, again, it's going to shock a lot of the people here that I'm even bringing them up in the conversation. Number one that I'm bringing up, the acclaimed. Yeah. A lot of people think they're comedy, but their innovative yeah. offense really stands up to me as, as far as being a, a what the, the makings of a great tag team. Number two, and this is going to be one that's going to be strange to you, is the United Empire over in New Japan. Granted, they're not the tag champions right now, but they are consistently up at the top of the list in New Japan for the IWGP tag titles. To me, I think the team right now that should be number one in the rankings is a team that both you and I have had many discussions about, and that's three little letters, 
FTR. How many teams can say Ring of Honor World Champion, AAA World Champion, and the IWGP Tag Team Champions, champions on three different continents at the same time? Now, we can't discredit the Usos because they're the longest reigning tag team in WWE history. But to me, I look at it, and and, and again, when I see FTR, I see the Midnight Express. Oh, when I God. see FTR, I see the Rock and Roll Express. When I see FTR, I see teams like Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson. Yeah, okay. I get that. I get that to too. Me, they're, they're, to me, I'm not saying the Usos need to be out of the picture of being maybe in the top three. But to me, I think if, if, if you're looking at it just on ability, championships, and, and notoriety across the globe right now, my money's on FTR. All right, that's fair to say. But you got to also realize too, the Usos—they're stranglehold in the WWE. They don't have that, you know. You know, they got that whole world marketing with the WWE, but they can't venture out. It'd be uh, be nice little matchup though if we were able to get the Usos and FTR down the line. That'd be nice. That is, that is true. I mean, that would be a match that everybody wants to see. But you know something too. I want to go ahead real quick, um, and, and I know Jeremy's been popping in here. Um, he sent me a message here a couple minutes ago that I think we're going to be joined here by a special guest who's been asking to kind of pop in on this subject here. He's a pretty familiar face as of late here to the Wrestle Talk podcast. And, and, and Maestro, if, if, our, if our guest is available, can you go ahead and bring him up? All right. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, good to see you. I'm looking younger. <laughs> Back by popular demand, Alpha okay. right here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Now, Alpha, you and I have talked about tag team wrestling. Justin and I have had countless discussions on tag team wrestling. You heard the maestro's question. Do the Usos belong at the number one spot in the PWI Top 100 tag teams? See, this is a very loaded question only because both of your statements have relevancy. And that is that, yes, FTR is absolutely like the tag team right now as far as like, yes, they are AAA tag. Yes, they are Ring of Honor champions. Yes, they are IWGP champions. And that's not disrespecting them or disrespecting the belts. But realistically, outside of the Forbidden Door triple threat and the Briscoes mash, what has FTR done with the Ring of Honor titles? What has Ring of Honor done with, or what, is, what has FTR done with the uh, the AAA titles? Like any notable matches? And if there are some, I'm, I'm looking for recommendations. And what is what have they done with the IWGP titles? Like, it'd be one thing. A couple if of I, years. Okay, well then I need to well, watch the IWGP. Yeah. Well, okay. continue your thought, Alpha. I want I want to do the research here, and again, that's what the Russell Talk Podcast is good yeah. for. Making sure we're up to date on the research. Go ahead, and continue your thought. I'm going to go ahead and look this up. And see if we can give the viewers just a little more info. For sure. And so, but that doesn't take away from the fact that FTR as a tag team has been doing what they set out to do, which is facing other tag teams. They faced off against the Briscoes, United Empire. Um, I'm trying to remember the team with uh, that they had in the triple threat at Forbidden Door. But um, it, it escapes me, but it'll come back to me eventually. Um, so it's like they're doing a good job as a tag team facing off. But... Also in favor of what Justin was saying is the fact that the Usos, while yes, they may not be holding three of every different kinds of belt, 
I don't really think it adds anything if they have anything outside of that, because they have, like he said, they're the longest reigning tag team of now, which is, you know, prior to this, it was the new day and they, they held on to those titles for a really long time. So if being a good enough tag team to break one of the longest records, say what you want about, you know, that they're holding on to it or it's a lot of time just because of the whole bloodline thing, but you don't get that popular and you don't get a record like that from just being an okay tag team. So if as much as it is hard for, I think it is a bitter pill to swallow for some fans that FTR did fall second place. If they have to feel that way about it, it is to the Usos and it's these Usos. Like it's, it's easy to forget that both of these two have the best quality in a tag team. And that is that they haven't broken up yet. Like how many tag teams do you know, have been this long with one another to without anything outside of, you know, the cash and Dax, like one-on-one -on -one they had in the, uh, the preliminary round. So well, well right now, Alpha, let's go ahead here real quick and we're going to add some information here. I went back and did our research and again, thank you also to the producer, the great Russell talk podcast media team here. Let's look at the AAA reign of FTR. They have defeated since winning the championships. They've defeated the Lucha Brothers on two occasions, the Young Bucks, Aerostar, and Samurai del Sol, and the team of Hermanos Lee. So that right there, I mean, again, is a pretty good statement. Uh, five matches in their reigns. If you go to ROH, they've actually had, let's see, uh, they defeated the Briscoes, Young Bucks, Rapongi Vice, um, United Empire, Briscoes, uh, Top Flight, Gates of Agony. And if you look at the IWGP, United Empire, Aussie Open, uh, that's pretty much all that's there. I mean, I uh, to me, I look at it from the perspective of, and this is going to sound strange, to me, I really view that the Usos, Justin said it earlier, Who's there for the Usos to compete against? It, to me, it's different from a Roman Reigns who has competed against just about everybody on roster and held his own, where you have the Usos who really don't have a, and I, I know I'm going to get some flack for this one, really don't have a large amount of credible teams to go up against them for their titles. Well, not right now. They've been going through everybody. That's the thing. They're putting teams together now because they've gone through everybody. You can't put them in the ring with Riddle and Orton. Orton's out on the shelf. You can't put – for some reason, they, they have shelved the New Day since Big E's been around. I don't know what the hell they're doing with that. They should be putting Kofi and Xavier out there as a team, and they would be having five-star matches with the Usos as usual. Um, uh, back at WrestleMania, they had Gable and Otis – against the Usos and or uh, against the Usos and Orton and Riddle and they put on a phenomenal uh, bout. I'm I'm getting ready to cuss I'm getting so excited. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I cuss just as good as uh, as uh, uh, Joe Pesci from Goodfellas but I'm trying to keep it chill, child friendly here. Now something might slip down <laughs> does the line. To, but, does he have to slip in that uh, that sound bite <laughs> of the sheet? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, baby. Hold on. We do we I say I just got a message. We do have it on standby if you need it, Justin. So Okay, shaky baby. Camel clutch, make him humble. Anyways, uh it just the Usos That's right. That's right. Now the Usos, they come from the you know, the dynasty. They come from, you know, if you remember they come from a family of 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 the head shrinkers, the wild Samoans. And, and Pete, uh, you know, Pete Maivia, Rocky Johnson, The Rock, all those guys. I believe the Usos 
deserve the spot they're in. They, they're not just because of name recognition, not because they're of the family. They have busted their ass in the last year to be the number one tag team. And you know what? They're the number one tag team because WWE is the number one promotion in the world. Now, and for those guys, for FTR, for the acclaimed, they're very, very, very good tag teams. But until you hit the tippy top, the WWE, you can't say you're a number one tag team. And you got the Usos there, the number one tag team. Well, Justin, I want to throw this out here, too. There's a couple teams that a lot of people have talked, talked about, Otis and Gable. Uh, you talked about the New Day. A couple more that have opportunities. you got the Brawling Brutes, yeah, who've made a statement. And, and one that a lot of people are surprised that really haven't made the charge yet, especially considering their time uh, in NXT. What about Imperium? I mean, that's one of the things. you got a lot of teams – but again, it's one of those where I, I, to me, I really think that you still look at FTR. And again, yeah, when it comes down to it, they've held the title for 400 and how many ever days. But when you start looking at, at all three of the titles that currently FTR is holding, they've been at least, I think in all three of them, at, they're pushing 200 days in one, 200 plus in a second, and over a year with the third. And, and I'm just going to go out this way. We're talking about the Usos the FTR, and the Acclaim. Well, here's this. I'm going to give this to you, Mr. Roberts. Uh, uh, here's the thing. If they put those three in a triple threat, you, uh, it's going to be Usos all day long. For one, they have the experience. They've been together for over 10 years. They you know, they have the drive. And, you know, you got the FTR. Hey, they're looking, you know, uh, hard, uh, was it uh, Hardwood? He's looking to do his own thing. He's, he's putting on five-star phenomenal single bouts. So yeah, they're on the same page right now, but he's looking over the he's looking in the horizon on the next thing. And then you got the acclaim. Very good tag team, but they're very, very young. And yeah, you might have one of the greatest tag team wrestlers uh to ever play the game with Billy Gunn being their mentor right now, you know, with him being in the smoking guns and the new age outlaws. Yeah, but they're still very, very new. It's, Usos are number one. You got it plain and simple right there. Well, Justin, I'm gonna look at the if you're playing the, the veteran card here, I'm gonna throw it this way. Can you give the Usos the nod on that? Yeah, but you can't. I, I don't think that bears a lot of merit because uh, looking back at the research, FTR, 2014. Usos, 2008. I mean, to me, I look at it from a perspective of do they have the longevity? Yeah, but I think really both teams do. And it's one of those where when it comes down to it, I think it's each individual's opinion. I mean, the Alpha has his opinion. You have your opinion. I have my opinion. But one thing is for certain. When you talk about the top two teams on the bracket all together, regardless of how things are going right now, and I know we're going to get some comments on this, and please, by all means, share them. If the Usos are not the number one team, is FTR the only logical choice to be number one? At this point in time, yes. Alpha? Yes. It, yeah, at, at this point in time, it seems that way. But just to just to throw this out to the people that I feel like are making a big stink out of it, like you, we're obviously having a discussion. Like this is just like us debating. Yeah, of course. But to yeah. the people who are like going out of their way for that kind of thing, it's like think about it like this: being a close second to the Usos is not a bad thing. Like I don't understand why it's like, oh no, it's not first place. It's like okay, they were like first place last year, so like did they really need two in a row? <laughs> 
Like, does that invalidate them as performers that they came second place to probably one of the biggest master classes in WWE right now as far as tag teams are concerned? Well, you know something, Alpha? I'm going to go ahead real quick here. As we talked about it before, right here, second place this year, CAC. That's me. me Didn't Luke you say Robert? you bought that in a gift shop at the, in Vegas while you were there? Oh, don't go there. Don't go Is he there. He's showing no. off the CAC plaque again. Yes. Oh, he God. talked about second place. I'm proud of second place. I look. I am too. I'll I'll give you that one. Hey, give me give me my 15 seconds here. Okay. When it comes down to it, one thing, and and now, Maestro, that you're here and you've put the question out there, your thoughts. We've already had a pretty solid discussion, but your thoughts. Usos, number one. FTR, number one. Somebody else, number one. What's your thought? Everybody knows that the number one tag team right now is Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Eugene. Everybody oh, knows where's that. Ron Simmons to go? Damn, you know, no, no, okay. no, no, I got it. His his number one favorite team, Wayne Gill and Gilbert. I, I knew it. You know <laughs> what? Hey, I'm gonna tell you something right right now. He's never going to let me live a day. You know what? If I die before Luke does, he's going to be saying that in the eulogy. I'm going to tell you this right now. You want to know the honest opinion of who I feel is the best tag team in the world right now, especially as we head into 2023. First off, if somebody comes up to me and says it's the Usos, I'm not going to argue it in the sense of I don't think they're necessarily wrong because the Usos are phenomenal. To do what they've done is historic in so many ways, shape, or form. Anybody can hold the title for a long time, but to hold it the way they've held it and to put on outstanding match after outstanding match after outstanding match against a variety of opponents, I will maintain that the Usos versus New Day feud is one of the greatest feuds I've ever seen in my life. Without a doubt. It started with bitterness and it ended with respect. Um, the Brawling Brutes, I'm telling you, what they got going with the Usos is great. But the old school style that I love when it comes to tag team wrestling is why I is is personified with FTR. Yep. Okay. And I just think and look, obviously the chemistry between actual brothers is hard to match, but you'd be hard pressed to argue with FTR as well. I go with FTR also because you look at everything that's gone on backstage in AEW. You've looked at what they've had to overcome when they were in WWE the first time. They have done extensive traveling to multiple promotions throughout the world. And they've shined in a majority of different styles of wrestling without having to revamp themselves. So to me... You know, the Usos, extremely talented, but they haven't really had to change much because they're with just one promotion and they go where they compete against WWE teams. When you're at AEW, you can go compete against the New Japan team or a Ring of Honor team, you know, or a Lucha Underground team. It doesn't matter. There's a the forbidden door being open 
gives the gives FTR a chance to show themselves a lot better than the Usos have. And that is why FTR to me, as we head into the next year in just a few weeks, is the top tag team in the world. Well, Jeremy, I want to throw this out here. And guys, I think we would all be in agreement here. You talk about the forbidden door. How about this one? And again, I'm, I'm not throwing, I'm just throwing it out there. I know they're not the tag champions at this point in time, but I want to throw this out here. If you were going to have the opportunity here, and actually I am going to go ahead and pull that up real quick, just so I can make sure that we have the most up-to-date information as it relates to the world of professional wrestling. Uh, let's look at one match that really stands out to me would be a matchup. And I don't believe it's for the tag titles, but if you look at another promotion under this forbidden door, FTR versus the Commonwealth connection of Davy boy Smith jr. And, and Doug Williams. To me, that would be another great matchup. And then we have to throw the question here too, just as a thought, the idea of if you're going to throw a tag team together, Laura rebellion of bestia, say, 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 and Mecca wolf against FTR forbidden doors open. I got to look at it from the point of view. You still got the AEW tag titles out there. You've still got the NWA tag titles out there. Maybe we visit the idea of them going to MLW. But I mean, yeah. again, this is one of those as we look at it. I mean, again, one thing is for certain. We're kind of pretty much evenly split on this question. But one thing we're all in agreement is you have two phenomenal tag teams. That I got to say, I think speaking for all of us, the idea of tag team wrestling finally starting to make a resurgence and having several good tag teams is definitely music to everybody's ears and making us feel good inside because we all genuinely love tag team wrestling. So I, I mean, think I think the thing I love the most about tag team wrestling now is that even when you have teams like FTR or the Usos who are constantly winning they it doesn't make the other teams they beat look weak no and that to me is something that and this isn't just like a wwe thing this is something that's happened all across the world in years past where a team that's on a hot streak for an extended period of time isn't on a hot streak because they're outstanding but so much as because the way they're booked against their opponents is to make just the opponents look weak Every match that I watch from the Usos or with FTR, I'm anticipating an upset. Yeah. Because that, and that's what in, one of the things that entices me to the edge of my seat. But when they, when the Usos or if FTR, you know, or even if the Young Bucks or somebody wins, it's like, wow, that, you know, the adrenaline's kicking. And it's like, that was one hell of a match. It's hard pressed now to find truly disappointing tag teams that get a lot of promotion i mean come on now when you go back a few months and somebody tells you yeah the brawling brutes are going to be taking on um jimmy and jay uso do you really think like back in the vince era that was going to be displayed with any sort of respect or prominence no but triple h puts it out there and you know Tag team wrestling is fun again. There was a, a period where tag team wrestling, you know, early 2000, mid 2000, where it was one yeah. of the best things. Then I feel like for a long time it just kind of died off a bit. And now. It did. There yeah. was barely. There was barely any tag matches from like 2005 to like. Uh, it seems like uh, about 2010, the WWE didn't give a damn about the tag titles whatsoever. 
And to add to that, there was a majority of lots of like people like to talk about slapdash tag teams. Now you want to go back and look at any of the WWE tag team title reigns with like Kenzo Suzuki and like Rene Dupree. I think I can't even remember. Like, they held for a couple calls. So many slapdash tag teams that made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> Well, I got to tell you right now, when we look at all this, I mean, again, one thing is for certain, we've talked about great wrestling tag teams. And again, not just the current ones in the PWI Top 100. We've talked about a lot of great tag teams. Now, Maestro, since you've been messing with the randomizer, and since you've been here and you now pop back up on the screen, let's go ahead and see if you finally got it fixed and get us at least one more question before we get to our uh, featured guests here this evening. All right. By the way, if people are looking at the screen – doesn't it look like a boy band on the left is arguing with Tenacious D on the right? <laughs> By the way, you and me look, Rob, and those two Ooh, wow. bastards. Justin, look. especially so. with you, I'm not going to lie. You really got a Tenacious D look going. All he's right. got the Kyle Gass look. He, he's got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me make All right. sure. My hair grows, though. I have hair. All right. So. We got the randomizer working, and here we go. It says that popped up. Reports say that Kylie Ray has received a spot in the most recent WWE performance under tryouts. Now, she's got a pretty extended history in professional wrestling. And given her history, do you guys feel that she will be signed by WWE? Ooh. I'm gonna I'm gonna hop in real quick. I'm kind of uneducated on Kylie Ray. I've seen her a handful of times, but every time I was I'd see her, I'd be like, she looks like a Bailey knockoff from back in the day, and that's my ignorance. So I'm going to let you guys discuss this one because I'm kind of ignorant on on this performer. I feel bad, but I'm going to let you guys rock. Well, Justin, I'm going to tell you right now here, I mean, the what you've said basically summarizes about 90% oh, of the media okay. when it comes to Kylie Ray. Many people are out there with the idea that she is nothing more <laughs> than Bailey. But okay. I'm going to say it right now. Does she have the ability in the ring? Yes. But do I think that her history precedes her? I think that's going to be the thing that's going to catch her. I mean, did she have a great opportunity in all in, at the first all-in? Yeah, and she did very well for herself. But she had time in AEW. She's out of AEW. She had time in Impact Wrestling. She's out of Impact Wrestling. And to me, I mean, I've seen her several times. I'm very impressed with what she does in the ring. But to me, I think right now she's better suited for a lot of the other promotions. Could she be an MLW? Could she be a... Uh, I'll be honest with you. Could we even see her in a ring of honor? Yes. But to me, I think right now... The AEW, WWE aspect, I don't foresee her being there. It's not for lack of effort. I just think it's the history is going to is gonna follow her. Uh, Alpha, your thoughts? All right. I, the thing is, is everything you said is like exactly what I was thinking. And I definitely think, though, that if WWE gets a shot, maybe not like a main roster debut. I feel like if they try to feed her to the fans too quick, she'll sink. But I think given her ability and given WWE as a company, I feel like they might be able to turn her into something good. And mainly just out of a sense of, I'd like to see what they can do with her. Not so much that I think for sure that they'll give it to her, but 
I, I don't know. I, I guess it's, I think it's more that I like the idea of it more than I, I actually can confirm or deny whether or not she'd make it there, especially because like you said, she had her moment in AEW, she had her moment in Impact, and it's like, will she just stop in WWE and actually make something out of it and change her personality and her character around, or is she just going to stop for another cup of coffee before she jumps into, like, I don't know, IWGP for the women's title, or, like, who knows, somewhere like Stardom, possibly. Like, like that. I guess the real question is, Kylie Ray is really the one who knows what's the, in the future for Kylie Ray. As far as the future that I'd like to see... I'd be totally okay with her showing up in WWE. I think that would be like a fun, I don't want to say defection because it's not, you know, WCW era anymore, but that'd be a fun like trade off to see her, I don't know, step in the ring at least once in a WWE ring and see what comes of it. Well, you know something, Alpha, you brought up in the idea of having uh, a Kylie Ray go to a promotion like a Stardom or go to some of these other promotions. Again, prime example, Billy Starks just making her opportunity to head over to Japan recently. I mean, again, I think it would be a golden opportunity for her to test her her, her uh, abilities in the ring. And again, I, I want to give you props for throwing that one out there because that's one to be honest. It kind of kind of passed passed off my radar. But again, some of the best women's wrestlers in the world can be found in Stardom, as well as the old the old Shine promotion here in the states and and Shimmer with with Dave Prezak and others. I mean, again, those would be other great avenues. Now, Maestro. I'm not going to fib to you. I know that you've been a fan of Kylie Ray for a while. I want you to look at this from a media perspective. Do you think Kylie Ray, WWE, do you think those two are a good fit? I think it's definitely something that there's always good and there's always the possibility for good and always the possibility for bad. Um, and right now I'm like looking at it and I'm I'm looking at like the big picture here. And you know, she's been in AEW, she's been in Impact Wrestling, she's in the NWA. Um she's I mean, think about this, in 2020 she was in the top 20 of the PWI's women wrestlers. So the talent is definitely there, but when I look at the possibility of Kylie Ray joining WWE, the first thing I ask myself is, where does she fit in? Where does she fit in, whether it be in NXT or on the main roster? It'll most likely be NXT, should she, you know, get signed. Mm -hmm. But you look at the, the women's rosters you have now, and once again, we talked about how tag team wrestling is being revitalized. Once again, the women's wrestling is being revitalized in WWE. You know, it took a step back for a little bit, but now it's back on track. Um, we don't know if she would be jumped into a part of a stable, if she would be able, because of that whole thing where a lot of the media has created that Bailey knockoff. And that's not how it goes. She's a lot more than what the media perceives her to be. She's a highly talented wrestler. And I think if, if anything, um, just watch her at Slammiversary out in, I believe it was 2020 when she was in the gauntlet for the gold match to become the number one contender for the impact knockouts championship. I mean, and 
she joined a bunch of wrestlers and she's been in reality TV a lot. She's in a media in multiple facets. I think she can be successful. I think she can be successful in WWE because she's already been successful in other promotions and to get her. And honestly, that's the big three of uh, American wrestling right there. When mm-hmm. you're in impact AEW and if you get signed by WWE, um, and the way I look at it is, it's a craft shoot. It really is. Do I think she can be successful? Absolutely. Nothing's guaranteed, though. And I feel at the very least, she should be given a shot. Mm-hmm. That's just how yeah. I look at it. Because it's not like we're talking about a wrestler who has no passion. I, I had this quick discussion with, and this kind of this does tie into it. You know, my friend and I were discussing about football players and other athletes who um, have the talent and the tangibles, but have made it clear that they don't need this game to be, you know, successful. Well, Kylie Ray isn't like that. She she made it clear how passionate she is about wrestling, and she goes out there and pours her heart and soul into it. That, to me, speaks volumes. So, all I can say is, if they sign her in WWE, I'm going to be cheering her on. So that's what Well, I gentlemen, right now, I mean, again, we've had a pretty good discussion here. I want to go, uh, go ahead. It's not a high spots question here. We're talking about women's wrestling. I want to throw just a quick kind of a gut check kind of thing here. And I just want to throw it at you right now. Not a big discussion, just your thoughts. If we, talk, if we saw this past Friday, Tegan Knox returns to SmackDown. Good thing or bad thing? Alpha, we're going to start with you. I I honestly want to give her the benefit of knowing that I guess the short answer is I, I think it's a good thing. I think any you know potential debut or reveal of a wrestler, or even just anybody added to the roster, especially now with Triple H, is only a plus just because whether or not she goes anywhere right now, we have the potential for a star in the future or even like as of now, as it goes, you know? So I, I in answering your question, yes, I think it's a plus, especially because it's SmackDown too, which is sort of the, you know, the B show, even if people don't want to admit it, but it's also about, you know, raising stars up and finding out who is stars, you know, like with Shotzi recently or in, in her match with Ronda that, you know, she didn't get any opportunity to win the belt, but at least now she's on a mainstream platform for people to be like, oh, okay, this chick's really cool. And I think that's, you know, very much in her future as far as whether she stays on SmackDown or not, but she's on the main roster. So, yes, I think I think they have potential in there. Okay. It's a good thing that, you know, she, there's more feet in the game now. You know, there's a lot of fans out there for that, uh, for uh, Tegan. And, uh, you know, um, hopefully Triple H uh, knows what he's doing with her and uh, can push her in the uh, right direction. It's good that, you know, they, they, entered, they, they brought her back to uh you know and maybe put her in six man action for a while or get the you know the uh the crowd rust off you know but uh it's a good thing cuz there's a lot of fans out there for her that are happy to see her back let's just hope they uh they know what to do with her Astro The way I look at it the Raw women's roster has far exceeded the SmackDown women's roster over the past couple of months as far as exposure, as far as uh, what? Gosh, 
dang it, what's the word I'm looking for? Prominence. And especially when it comes to their champion. We all know the whole debacle of Liv Morgan winning the title or winning the title and money in the bank was the peak, and then from there on it went down to a valley. Having and then we all know the whole issue with Ronda Rousey as champion and all the criticism she's gotten. Having somebody like Tegan Knox, who's extremely talented on SmackDown, huge for, for them. Once it just comes down to how are they gonna uh fit her in? But I think it's a I think it's a very good addition to have her back. Well, I'm gonna tell you right now, guys, I'm gonna go ahead and echo the sentiment. The first thing is it took me a minute to kind of put things together. The music kind of threw me a little bit. I know it was her original music, and I get it. And again, seeing the graphic was there, but to me, I think the look is what cemented it with me. It is not a traditional wrestling look. Now, you mentioned earlier about Shotzi and the green hair. I got to tell you, when, when Tegan Knox came back into the ring, she did not look like a traditional wrestler. Granted, she was in street clothes. She wasn't in her wrestling attire. But there was just something about her coming in that drew the attention. It was kind of like, I think, the Maestro and the Alpha were talking about earlier on. It just... It, it, it just kind of drew the viewer to her. And I'm very, very much interested into what the future is going to hold for Tegan Knox back in WWE. And especially after all the health issues and the injuries she's had, for her to be able to come back to the WWE says volumes about her ability. Now, at this point, we've talked about high spots here. We're going to have the big Texan on in just a few minutes. Um, Alpha, we want to thank you for coming on the program here tonight. We may need you to come back here a little bit because I know we're going to have the big Texan on in just a little over 15 minutes. But again, we want to thank you for coming on the program. Any final thoughts before we move on? I just want to, you know, it's always a pleasure to be on here. I love talking about wrestling. So to get an opportunity, even, you know, just outside of my closet, <laughs> to, be able to, to be able to sit here with like-minded individuals and share thoughts about, you know, something that was kind of taboo for me because I didn't have lots of friends who watched this kind of stuff back in high school and everything. It's, it, it's just a nice feeling and thank you all. And I, I love being here any chance that I get. So don't, don't, you all have my number. So don't be afraid to call me. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it, the alpha right here on the Russell talk podcast, giving himself, uh, can we give him a round of applause here just to make sure things are there? I mean, he, he really had some great insight tonight. And definitely well worth it for the, the alpha here tonight, uh, right here on the Russell talk podcast. Okay, we'll be checking in with the Alpha here later on this evening. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this point in time here, we want to go ahead and make sure to acknowledge our great sponsors. Also, if you're enjoying the program, make sure to share it with all your friends. I want to thank our great sponsors once again for keeping the Wrestle Talk podcast going. Royal Mills Transportation out of Kansas City, Rathbun Engraving. If you want to get one of those Wrestle Talk podcast mugs, make sure to hit up one of our great Wrestle Talk podcast hosts. Noble Men's Barber Lounge, Kansas City, King Kate Arcade at the Oak Park Mall, Interstate 70 Sports Media, with the Maestro Jeremy Carp, Little Popeye Designs, the ones behind those great Russell Talk podcast tumblers, and the FWWC, the world's premier fantasy wrestling group. I gotta tell you right now, guys, this first hour's been awesome, and it's gonna get even better here in just a few minutes. And again, let's go ahead real quick. We had a couple, a couple messages here which we wanted to share before we move on to our next segment here. 
Um, Maestro, if you'd be so kind, uh, the Lumberjacks joining us today. I mean, again, they're uh, hopefully they're enjoying their their holiday season here as we get ready to embark on the, the, the final month of 2022. And also there's one other one here, which I thought was really cool. And we want to give a special shout out here. Uh, we had Angela tuning into the program. And, and you want to give a shout out here as we sit and look at what's here. <laughs> Somebody talking about the, the, the commentary. And that's one of the things that makes the Wrestle Talk podcast so, so exciting and so interesting each and every week. You get everybody's individual opinions. And again, it's like Alpha was talking about being respectful, being like-minded, but having a respectful discussion about the world of professional wrestling, something we've all been a part of and we love very, very much. And speaking of which, I got to tell you right now, I have some good news and some not so good news. The not so good news is, is the CEO let me know before we went live on the air tonight that he has been extremely busy taking care of FWWC matters. So, there will not be an FWWC segment tonight, but you need to tune in this Thursday at 7.30 because the CEO will be hosting FWWC tonight, and he will be bringing the FWWC up to speed on all the goings-on in the world of the FWWC. Now, from the not-so-good news to the good news and Mr. Jeremy, I hope you're ready because it's time. It's time for the one and only Snippets of Truth with our good friend, Big Daddy P. Now, Big Daddy, I got to tell you right now, I love your intro. I love your energy. But tonight, I feel like I'm back in an ECW promo from about 1995 with what's there, man. I got I to gotta get my mind clear back up here, man. How have you been doing good, sir? Whoa, been busy. Actually, I kind of took half a day off today. So that was a nice Wonderful. break. Got some rest, but already, boom, I was just at rehearsal. So we got done with Mess to a Message Music, got to jam some. And uh, now I'm in between that and one of my clients. Uh, I also publish books, too. And uh, one of my clients has got a, a book that we just uh, she just got in the mail today. So we're going to go see her and get excited and fire up for her. And uh, all is well, brother. And, hey, I'm excited, man. I got my wife. I, I think I mentioned last week. But for those of you that missed it, I did get tickets to Raw January 2nd. Cool and Nashville. Bridgestone Arena, it's been a long time. Mrs. Hartman has never been to a wrestling show, at least a WWE one. She's been to our little ones in Middle Tennessee, but she's never seen that production. So that 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 bit of silence that you get, she's going to freak out because on TV, you don't get it, you know? <laughs> that is true. And like I said, I know for a fact, too, you're talking about 
uh, January 2nd. If I'm not mistaken, SmackDown is coming back to the St. Louis area right around St. Patrick's Day for those that are viewing the program here in the St. Louis area. And I got to tell you, Big Daddy P, I know for a fact there's just a few tickets still remaining for Raw, that first Raw of the year. You know, to me, I think it's after day one. Day one is the night before. Like I said, I think other than other than the day after WrestleMania, to me, it always seems like um, everything in that first week of wrestling, it seems like everything restarts, at least to a well, fair yeah, degree with me. So I mean, they're like a year ahead of us in planning. So I mean they're already finished with WrestleMania Hollywood. Mm, that is true. That is true. So they're already moving on to the next one after that, right? That, Which that is, is what they, where's that at? Oh, yeah. uh, I think they said that, that uh, the next WrestleMania is in Philly. Am I right with that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then I got it. I got it in St. Louis, unfortunately. I wish you would come to St. Louis. But here is one thing. And I don't know if we talked about this last week or not. I keep hearing rumors that after Philly, I keep hearing rumors that the Music City might be getting a WrestleMania. Hey, no way. Where would I, they I, I've heard that. And, and a lot of people, from what I've heard that, and I'm going to be perfectly upfront, is primarily based on, and this is going to sound strange, it was based on the amount of draw that TNA has had in the past and the amount of interest from Ric Flair's last match. Yeah, but Nissan Stadium can't hold WrestleMania. Well, we know for a fact in the past that smaller venues have. And you also got to look at it from the perspective you've got floor seating. I mean, it's possible. Can you fit over a hundred thousand in Nissan Stadium? I well, don't think I mean, so. we go go back. No, but I-, I don't think you're gonna. I, at this point, I don't think. And honestly, I'm gonna back out soon because I want to give you, my dear friend, more of the floor and more more of the screen. But I want to say I don't think that they're gonna try to go for a hundred thousand every single year. They know that when they go to certain big stadiums like Jerry's World in Dallas, obviously they're gonna go for as big as they can get. But I think there's so much great history of wrestling in Tennessee. I think the city is experiencing an economic boom. And with everything going on regarding the stadium, I could see them hosting a WrestleMania there. So um, Never with, know. with that, my dear friend, Big Daddy, I'll be paying, praying for you. I will see you guys soon. And I'll be backstage. So All righty. Well, maestro, maestro heading back here. Now, real quick before we move on, Justin, I know you're kind of a, a WrestleMania person. Yeah. I'm going to ask you, because I remember one that's sticking in my head. We were talking about uh, the idea of being in a 100-seat venue. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't it like Seattle, uh, Toronto uh, were drawn about, about 60,000? They had it at uh, Safeco right when it uh, opened up in 2003, WrestleMania 19. And it was about, so, what, about 60,000? Yeah, 67, close to 70. So, I mean, again, so, it's still it's still within the realm of possibility. But, I mean, again, yeah. it would, I mean, as, as the maestro was talking about earlier, for us in the Midwest, it's probably going to be about as close as we're going to get to a WrestleMania in the foreseeable future. I'll tell you one thing, yeah. if that's the case, i got lots of family in Tennessee. I got no problem getting in the car and driving down. Who knows? I might stay at Big Daddy P's house. Come on. Come on. We can I take care of that and get ready to rock and roll. Now, Big Daddy P, uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and turn the floor over here for a minute, but I, I'm going to level with you. And I was talking with Justin about this earlier today. 
we really haven't had a lot of uh, a lot of uh, messages this week. Um, I know I'm waiting here just to double check. I know the maestro is checking on that as well, as well as our broadcast colleague Chris Rodell. But um, I, I'm gonna level with you, and and I know Justin's got a little too, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be kind of stepping out here, kind of kind of stepping outside the the world of Luke Roberts here for a minute. Um, for many that know me, and, and Justin and I have been friends for the better part of 15 years. Um, right now, this time of year is really rough on my family. Um, first one, to be honest with you, um, my wife and I um, have had a lot of uh, have had a lot of um, bad things happen this time of year. Uh, several years ago, uh, we lost both of our daughters in uh, pregnancy. Um, as Justin knows, my mother was uh, born in late December. Uh, she passed away a number of years ago. And to be honest with you, a lot of uh, the holidays are, are not just rough on, on myself, but there's a lot of people that the holidays can be very, very tough on. And I'm going to tell you right now, speaking for myself here, the holidays have really kind of hit me hard this year. And, and I, I, I just wanted to extend that there because it's, there, there's a lot of people who are who are suffering and having to deal with things, and it's just it's just something that's been on my mind and on my heart this last about last few days. Which that's exactly the reason why we're here, bro. That's the whole purpose of why God saw it fit. There are people who are driving home right now who think that they're going to get home to their families, but they're going face to face with Him. Their work is done. So we're thankful and we're lucky to be where we are today simply because the fact that we could be anywhere at the moment, but God chose us to be here. So if there is anybody listening that is discouraged during this time, and Luke, let me tell you, bro, God knows your pain. He understands it. And he's going to provide comfort in ways that you've never, I'm just telling you, because fortunately I haven't been through any situations during the holidays, but through the other times, is where I've experienced it. And so I just, this is a very happy time for me because it gives me a chance to put my attention on my family, the ones that are here. You know, I've got 10 daughters total, okay? And not all of them are young. Many have children already. Some live out of state. But in the end, if I can see three, if I can see one, if I can see five, I'll take whatever I can get because I know that tomorrow is not promised. And we always know that if yesterday is history and tomorrow's a mystery, what's today called? It's the present. And it is a gift. So continue to be thankful. And in those times, Luke, that you're feeling down, bro, message me, call me, whatever. Reach out to me and we can talk and just know that I'm always here, man. And, and again, Perry, I thank you for that. I mean, again, when you sit down and look at it, I mean, again, there's a lot of people who, who deal with things each and every day. And that's why the Wrestling Wrestle Talk podcast is so important is because we take time to look at the world of professional wrestling. We also take an opportunity to look at a lot of times the bigger picture of things. And we have the opportunity to to discuss some issues. And like I said, um, I know Justin and I talked about it and um, there's been a lot of things that have really been on, on my family's mind as of late and just to be able to kind of, kind of vent how I'm feeling. I mean, normally I'm usually a pretty bubbly person, but last few days has been kind of rough. And, and again, I'm thankful to my wrestle talk family for, for being there for me. And um, like I said, um, Justin, do you have anything else we want to add before we, uh, 
before we uh, turn things over, Big Daddy? No, I just appreciate uh, these. You know, I appreciate you guys, and uh, I'm ready for the snippets of truth here. So, all right. Well, Big Daddy P. Now that we've got the music, now that we've gotten a little bit of the message, and now that we've got the camera stabilized, so I don't feel like I'm going to throw up. Uh, let's go ahead, and we're going to pass things back. Oh, thanks, thanks a lot, Big Daddy. <laughs> so, at this point, we're going to turn things over to the one, the only, Big Daddy P. For the snippets of truth for this week. As I think about some of the things that God has laid on my heart, one of the biggest topics lately has been about fruit. And I don't know about you, but there's nothing more disappointing than getting an orange and you're like, oh, this is going to be so good. And you open it up and you take a bite and it just doesn't, it doesn't taste like you expected. The one thing about the Holy Spirit, if you don't know, is that it is very alive and powerful. And as a fruit, see, people don't realize that peace and joy, it's a fruit. It isn't something that's just given to us. It's something that takes time. <laughs> and a lot of people, if they don't know where they're going, like, I don't know about you, but GPS, if I'm driving and I don't know where I'm going and I get lost, I get nervous. So that's why a lot of people are nervous today because they don't know where they're going because they've been told that you got to work for it, that you got to earn it. The fact is God says salvation is a gift. So because it's a gift, it's not something you can work for. So I want to encourage those today that are working really hard to try and impress a perfect God. Don't waste your time. He knows you. He loves you. He loves you just the way you are because he made you that way. And you are where you are simply because that's where he wants you to be. And I do apologize for all the moviness. I'm inside of a car. But I did find a gas station. So there was light. Otherwise, we would have been in darkness. And really, I don't want to be in the dark. And I don't think that uh, anybody wants to be in the dark today. This world in itself does have a lot of hate and a lot of anger. But let me tell you, you can be the difference. You can be the one to be an encouragement for somebody, whether if it's a kind word, sometimes even a smile, not even that. I can sometimes look at somebody and see they're hurting. And I don't have to say, are you okay? Because I know they're not. We need to be real. We have to become transparent to those around us because if we act like we have it all together, we don't. I don't have my life all together. I got all kinds of issues. But... I know who holds the future. I know that no matter what happens to me, one of two things are going to happen. I'm going to make it through this interview or Christ comes back. Either way, I win. And you will too. So in the situation you're in now, whether it's financial, especially because of Christmas, it gets really difficult. Can you imagine having to shop for 10 daughters and eight grandbabies? <laughs> Okay, but God's faithful. Thank God for Dollar Tree. But anyway, I love you guys. I, I hope that these words were encouraging to you. If you have any questions or have any concerns or fears or want to talk about the Lord or what the Bible says, reach out. 931-304-1359. Perry at PaintersDream.com. Big Daddy P on Facebook. Perry Hartman on Facebook. Perry Hartman on Twitter. Perry Hartman on TikTok. Perry Hartman, Perry Hartman. It's an addiction. Well, let's continue to be addicted and continue to love one another. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it right here. Big Daddy P joining us on the program, bringing us the snippets of truth. And Perry, 
I got to tell you right now, man, we're getting close to the end of the year. And one of the things I look for each and every week, just to kind of give that extra bit of information, that extra, that extra push forward to make sure that we do the best that we can each and every day is right here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. And like I said, man, I'm going to make it a point before too much longer with all my family in the greater Pigeon Forge and the Nashville area. I've got to make it a point sooner rather than later. We have got to meet up and hang out and enjoy just the time together because, like I said, man, it's always a pleasure. But, again, it'd be, it'd be much better to be able to be in person once in a while in addition to every Tuesday night. Well, I wish I, I wish that all of you guys were at the same location because if you were, we would make a trip out there. Like I talked <laughs> about coming to Kansas City, but not everybody's in Kansas City. Well, that's true. I mean, you know, you could do, you could manage to make it coming I mean, again. You got a lot of the, a lot of the core here in the greater St. Louis area and the St. Louis metro area. Maybe we can get the night owl and sunny money to make the journey in. Let's and do it. We, yeah, and, and we can make sure that we can get Nightmare Jones and, and, and Haas can join you. They can meet up about halfway and then you guys can all road trip and then we can all road trip and Justin can get here and we'll have a great old time. But until then, we're going to have a great time every Tuesday with Big Daddy P right here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Perry, thank you for joining us, and we look Take forward care, to man. next week. Love you guys. Have an awesome day. Be safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Keep looking up. Mm-hmm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Big Daddy P and the Snippets of Truth. And you know something? He's a I good know man. That he is a very good man, a very wise man, too. And before we get too much farther along, I know our second get, our, our, I say our second hour guest there. is here. Yes. But I want to have, and I know the maestro's backstage. Maestro, there was a message from our good friend Aaron way up here about an hour ago. And I want to give a shout-out to Aaron because Aaron is a loyal member of the Russell Talk podcast family. And can you go ahead and pull it up here? I can't wait for the big Texan to be on the show. You know something, Aaron? I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm going to level with you. I can't wait for the big Texan to be on the show. I know that Justin Wade can't wait. For the big Texan to be on the show because the big Texan is doing big things, no pun intended, here in the St. Louis area. And this coming Saturday night at the East Carondelet Community Center, he gets his opportunity to challenge for the biggest prize in SICW, the SICW Classic Championship. And at this time, it's my honor and privilege to welcome a man that I've known for many, many years, just like Justin has, a man that we've known for many, many years, getting ready to take the biggest step in his professional career this Saturday night. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome to the Russell Talk Podcast the one, the only, the Big Texan. How's it going, guys? Hey, what's up, man? What's man, up? I haven't seen My you friend. in forever. I know, brother. It's good seeing you, brother. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how we can follow the, uh, what was just on because uh, that that guy that was just on, he spoke from the heart. So I don't know how we can even go forward from that. I mean, that was that was awesome. Well, well I'm going to tell you right now, Texan, and, and again, I don't know what I was. I don't know why I should call you. Should I call you Mister Texan? Should I call you Big Texan? I don't know. I, I, call you, I called you so many so many different. Uh, names over the course of your career, but all kidding aside, I mean, you've been you've been around pro wrestling a long time. And for those that don't know a lot about the Big Texan, can you share a little bit about what drew you to professional wrestling? 
I, you know, <clears throat> I get asked all the time, but it, it was actually my father that drew me to wrestling. Um, so my father, he was a steel bender. And so he had arms like Hulk Hogan. And uh, he, he had the haircut of Hulk Hogan, too. So uh, <laughs> bald on top, long on the sides and the back. So when I was younger, he was my Hulk Hogan. And, uh, you know, we watched uh, Wrestling at the Chase together. Of course, it was the rerun, uh, reruns for me. Uh, but watched uh, WWF at the time. You know, always that was our our bonding. Um, so his love of wrestling made made me have a love of wrestling. You know, that's one thing I got to say. And all three of us have had the conversation in the past. It's something about our dads or our older brothers, if we have them, that really was the draw to bring us to professional wrestling. I mean, I remember many a time you talk about the the – watching uh, wrestling at the chase. For me, it was Georgia championship wrestling and watching my grandmother and my dad sit in the, in the recliners in Southern Missouri had to be ready to go at five Oh five. If that wasn't, <laughs> if dinner wasn't ready at five Oh five, everything was messed up. And, and, and I mean, again, it's just one of those things where family has that really great bond to professional wrestling. Now, my next question is this. I know that you follow professional wrestling. Your dad was a huge influence. But what convinced you, after all those years of watching professional wrestling, what convinced you to make the decision to step inside the fame squared circle? <laughs> so for the longest time, I used to run a Vobbling Instant Oil Change, you know, one of those quick lubes. Mm -hmm. And there was a local wrestler that actually came in and we changed his oil and he actually looked at me and he goes you should be a professional wrestler and i was like i i would love to be a professional wrestler you know i was probably 18 maybe 19 at the time um, because vavlin actually threw me the keys to a store i wasn't even 18 when i was running my own oh, wow. i was still in high school when i was running my own vavlin which is just beyond words there um, so I was 18, 19 when this guy came in and, uh, he talked to me about it, said that, uh, he can get me in. And, uh, I met up with him one day and, uh, it was actually, he brought us to, well, there was a long story behind it, but eventually we landed at South Broadway. I'll tell you, uh, he actually, it's a funny story. I might as well tell it. So this guy, uh. I, I haven't seen him since, and I I heard some bad things happen in his life that is no longer, he's no longer in the area. But uh, so when he first uh, got us going, because there was a group of people that he actually tried to uh, get his own thing going with, and it was at the local YMCA that he was teaching us. So he we were doing back bumps on gymnasium floors. Oh, you know, it was just a, a oh, rustling. Just, yeah, it was just a rustling mat, you know, like a, a you know, high school wrestling. Yeah, yeah it's just, just a little mat. And we were taking bumps on that on the, on the floor. Oh. And uh, yeah, we did that for a while. And then his checks was bouncing at the YMCA. So the YMCA said, no, you guys aren't welcome no more. So then we found our way to Broadway. Um, South Broadway, MMWA, 
you know, the old school where they had uh, the separate building for the training and then the separate building for the oh, show. Yeah. So uh, we were at the, the training building and uh, I don't know how he had access to it because I found out later that no one really liked this guy. But I got to give him props because he got me the foot in the door. But uh, so when we were at uh, training, his training at Broadway once, uh, Luno Toden Costa came in. Uh, God bless his soul. But he came in, looked at all of us and said, the hell out of my gym. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I've actually been kicked out of Broadway like four times. Uh, I've just been resilient. And, and yeah, it's just. You're not a true MMWA wrestler if you haven't been kicked out a few times from that place. That is true, and I, I got I got to agree with you. I mean, again, there's been I I'd have to say I think mine was three, so I won't as many as yours, but I I know that feeling. But I mean, again, I gotta tell you right now. First of all, uh, Maestro, I want to go ahead and throw this up because it's a name I know Big Texans familiar with. We just got a message from longtime fan Larry Wolf, a man oh. known. <laughs> throughout the greater St. Louis area. And I wanted to share this with you, the big Texan, king of the chops. I just felt that that was needed to be shared right here for you, Texan, just to kind of show you what's going on here tonight as a part of the podcast. Now, Well, that's awesome. Thank you, Larry. Well, I got I to ask you this one question. I'm going to turn things over to Justin. Sure. I got to ask you, when it comes down to it, you've been in a lot of professional wrestling. Justin has been, I have been. We've been around this area for a long time. My personal opinion, when it comes down to a pro wrestling ring, if you're going to learn the place where you're going to suffer the most pain, but you're going to learn the most, to me was always the the, the Broadway training ring. That thing <laughs> all, I mean, it was like like you said, landing on a piece of parquet floor each and every time. And I mean, oh, yeah. you didn't do what you needed to do. You were going to be banged up, bruised up broken down in no time at all well I, I tell you that ring has been broken down so many times and it's been band-aid put back together so many times so i mean i remember landing where you thought should have been wood and it was a jack you know hitting the ropes and the ropes break i mean that that mm -hmm. ring that they had in that in that practice gym i mean like i said it was it was duct taped together i mean don't get me wrong i wouldn't have had it any other way because currently, currently I'm sitting at uh, the Ace Academy, uh, you know, Cowboy Bob Orton, his uh, academy in East Crondelet. And I tell you, the ring that they're practicing on right now, you know, is light and day compared uh, to what we had. It. Exactly. Um, yeah. Well, well, I got to tell you right now, too, though, I mean, again, that's an opportunity. We're going to talk about that a little more in a bit here. But like I said, I mean, from, from where you came from, to where you are now, I mean, again, I've had the opportunity to see in countless promotion, and you're always evolving. You're always stepping up your game, and that's what the mark of a true in-ring professional. Now, Justin, you, just like myself, are no stranger to the Big Texan, but I'm going to throw yeah. things over to you because I know you've got some questions to ask the Big Texan here tonight right here on the Russell Talk Podcast. Yeah, man, how you doing, brother? Man, I can't can't complain, really. Yeah, been going uh, so, great. Uh, when we first met, man, you were you just uh, were you new to the business when we met back in uh, back at Broadway? I was probably a couple years, maybe three, maybe okay. four years tops. All right. So, so yeah, 
So what I got on my mind, man, is uh, how has it been working under uh, Mr. Herb Simmons? How's that been since you've been with him? Oh, it's, I hate to use the expression night and day, but, you know, I've been around the block. So I've seen, I've worked for some promoters that, you know, would lie to get you there. So you wrestle for them. And then, uh, you know, the old saying, hot dog and a handshake uh, was your payoff. Yeah. So, I mean, I know uh, that. that. Yeah. (laughs) You go to, you know, drive two hours away and, you talked about the money that you were supposed to make that night, but uh, that money never happened and the promoter leaves before the end of the show. Yeah. So it's like night and day. You got Herb Simmons that, you know, has been around in the business, you know, I'm, I believe it's 50, almost 50 years now. So, you know, you're going to be treated right. You know, you're going to get paid what you're worth. Um, I mean, it's, I hate to say it, it's night and day compared to all the other promoters that I've worked for. Yeah, and uh, with the exposure, you're also getting the experience, right? Yeah, oh. working under Herb. Yeah, so uh, you know Herb has got um, you know our TV program that he does every Sunday, yeah. and that airs on YouTube, Facebook. Uh, if you got a Roku uh, TV, just search SICW Wrestling. So yeah, I mean, there's you know my Facebook it gets lit up all the time with people you know trying to add me as a friend, and you know they're from different countries or different states. And it's just because they see the TV show that her produces. So, I mean, yeah, it's great exposure. I mean, a group of us went down to uh, Vegas this year for the CAC. I saw that. Yeah. And I tell you, walking into that place with Herb, it's like you're walking in with Godfather himself because everybody is going to stop and talk to Herb and you're able to, have those conversations with those guys too. So like being around her rubs off on you, you know, a little bit, you know, it's, it's so. kind of like, I always kind of felt like Herb. Uh, I've only had a couple of conversations with him, but I always kind of got that Sam Munchnik type feel off of him. You well, know, I mean, that's uh, who we learned from. So yeah. it was Sam and, and Larry, uh, you know, uh, God bless his soul. Yeah. Right. Both of them. But yeah. uh, Larry, you can't say much. You can't say a negative thing about Larry. Larry's been like a godsend. When he and her was first here, when I first came aboard uh, for SICW, and you had Larry in the back, you know, telling you the good, the bad. You know, this guy's been around and, you know, worked for the WWF, worked uh, for Wrestling of the Chase. So his word is like gospel. Yeah. So having that in the locker room for that long period of time that we had, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't get any better than that. No, mm-hmm. Rob. Well, I got, I can tell you right now, Texas. You, you, you hit on the point about the Cauliflower Alley Club this past year, and I got to tell you, uh, one of the things I thought was the coolest thing, and again, being able to be around such people like yourself, like Bobby, uh, Bobby D, like uh, Gary Jackson. Um, like Herb Simmons, like Tom Simon, uh, Steve Murphy. I mean, there are countless people from the St. Louis area that were in attendance this year at the CAC. Um, one, one thing I want to ask you is this. I mean, again, it was your first time attending the Cauliflower Alley Club reunion, hopefully not the last. I think we're all in agreement on that. All my, in agreement. Yeah, my, my question to you is this. What would you say was your biggest memory from this year's CAC? 
Man, I tell you, it wasn't the sleep because I didn't get any. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> right, right. Um, it's just making the connections, really. You know, being one-on-one -on -one with Conan, having that five minutes with uh, Brad uh, Bradshaw, um, you know, the president of the CAC. We got to uh, talk to and mingle with him. We sat at Herb's table, and when, like I said, when you're sitting at a Herb's table, everyone's going to stop by. So Medusa stopped by, you know, um, uh, Ray Mysterio stopped by. They, it's, and they all knew Herb, you know. So, I mean, just being able to rub elbows with everyone, you know, uh, Tommy Rich, the Rock and Roll Express. Um, speaking of that, you know, uh, you know how they do that title belt and they do the little things as giveaways. You know, mm -hmm. I won that uh, turnbuckle pad that had Tom Rich's autographs, Rock and Roll Express's autograph on it. So, I mean, the whole three days was a highlight. There, well, there wasn't. You were talking about, too, uh, Brian Blair. True yeah. Available in most forms of uh, media and also <laughs> can get it on Amazon.com. Again, yeah. well, for a good friend, Brian Blair. Um, but now, one thing I got to tell you, and, and, and again, for those that aren't members of the CNC, and Justin and I have talked about this for years, one of the things that stood out to me was the speeches and hearing mm -hmm. the award winners being presented. And again, you and I were sitting, what, a table apart from one another? I think that's yeah. about how we were. Being able to sit there, and you mentioned earlier on, of literally having, I could reach right now, you could see me on camera, right here or right here. I could actually shake the hand, and I did, of Conan and Rey Mysterio. They were that right. close to me and being able to talk about professional wrestling. That was without question one of the coolest things. But I do want to change up real quick here. There were a lot of key presentations, a lot of great speakers, a lot of great people that won awards. Did any one of them stand out to you? Well, so the whole Jeff Jarrett uh, – presentation to his grandmother uh, that really stood out to me because I actually learned um, more about her um, you know because I knew his father was a big promoter there you go I knew his father was a big promoter in Memphis you know eventually his father and Lawler uh, but I didn't know that his grandmother is one that actually started that mm -hmm. um, so that whole story about how she got to be you know, started as a ticket sales, uh, uh, a ticket person, all the way up to being like the right hand man of that promoter, and then starting off and and breaking off and and doing her whole thing, and then her son taking up with it, Jerry. I mean that. Plus, I met Jeff Jarrett at Broadway. You know, him and uh, Bischoff uh, came and did their podcast, and we got the spend some time together and talking and bullshitting. So, uh, <laughs> you know, are we allowed to cuss on here? I don't yeah, know if I... Yeah, that, that's not a problem. We're good to go right here on this text. Right. On <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, Justin, Justin's already had us use the Iron Cheek sounder three times already tonight. So we're good. Nice. Now, All right. Uh, so just uh, having that connection with uh, uh, Jeff Jarrett already and then seeing him, uh, you know, talk about his grandmother and the way he did, um, I mean, that was probably the, but also the whole Conan thing, you know, cause Conan, um, you know, he doesn't, he's not looking really good, 
right now. You know, his health is, is down. Uh, but when he was there, he was in high spirits, you know. Uh, he was smiling. He was like, he was, you can tell that he was overwhelmed by winning that award that he got. But you know, you know, you know, his health isn't good. So it was just great to see him in, in high spirits. Well, you know, one that stands out here, and I've told Justin about it, we're hopefully going to be able to uh, kind of give a recap down the road. I know you had an opportunity to hear uh, the one that stands out to me was Jerry Lawler's speech and the story about the locker room and getting in trouble with Teeny Jarrett. Uh, we're going to have to share that at a later point in time because that's definitely <laughs> going to push the line. But, again, definitely one of those to remember. But, oh, yeah. um, like I said, again, if you've not joined the CAC, you definitely need to do it. It's definitely worth your time. It's definitely and worth what's, it. What's Go great ahead. about the CAC is you don't have to be a wrestler or official or anything. You can just be a fan who loves wrestling. Uh, and – you know, that yearly fee, or if you do, um, the yearly fee is what, $25? It's, it's really right now, yeah. not much at all. The lifetime is $300, mm-hmm. and they use that money for good cause. So if any wrestlers sick, injured, hurt, or just down on their luck, they use that money to help support them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Barry Wyndham right now. Oh, you know, man. he's in the ICU, so... You know, I'm sure if one of his family members, you know, I know they got to go fund me, but I'm sure they reach to the CAC, they'll they'll step in and help. Most definitely. Uh, and I mean, again, there's one I, I remember hearing the story, I think it was about Kamala, and he fell on some hard times because of his disabilities uh, before he passed. Uh, and it's one of those where they were able to get him some medical assistance and some uh, communication yeah. assistance. And that's one thing, it's like you said, Tex, and it's great about the CAC is they care about those who have paved the way for professional wrestling. Now, right. uh, uh, I'm going to have to address the elephant in the room. And I, I, you and I have been friends for a long time, but I do need to address this Saturday night. Mm. Of course. And that is, you've got a chance, and I'm going to be honest with you, I've talked to a lot of people. I've talked to probably the historian or one of the historians of SICW, that being Dr. Drew Avenues. I don't recall anybody who's been in your position come this Saturday. The opportunity to be possibly, by the end of the night, holding two major titles in SICW. Right. Before I go into my discussions, I know you've got some pretty heated feelings about one until a con. But my question is, what an opportunity to see you compete with your tag team championship partner, a man that all of us are very familiar with, oh, yeah. Gary Jackson. i got to ask you, how does that tag team come together? Because you both are very accomplished singles wrestlers, but what drew you together as a tag team? You know, I, I think it's just the history that we had. Uh, you know, Gary is one that actually helped train me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, here in our locker room, we call him the vampire because, I mean, he looks exactly how, how he did 25 years ago, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, just that history, you know, him helping me being trained. I've been on the opposite end of the ring with him, going against him. I've been on in tag matches with him. Um, and I think we just have that bond because, uh, you know, I've done a couple podcasts myself 
And, uh, you know, Gary was always one of the first ones that I had, you know, as a guest, just because the respect that I have for Gary. Um, and knowing you can just sit back and talk to Gary and just actually not talk to Gary. You can just sit back and listen to Gary, tell his stories about where he's been, who he's worked for, because there isn't a major company that Gary hasn't worked for. You know, he's worked for the WWF. He's worked for WCW. Um, you know, he was in the Kansas City promotion. He was in the Memphis promotion with Jerry Jarrett, you know. Uh, I mean, he's been everywhere. And for him to tell those stories and for those stories to rub off, um, you know, like uh, as a rookie, you you always want to go to everywhere. But you always want to bring your, your stuff with you, your bag. You know, just because you're going there as a fan doesn't mean you won't be put on that card, you know, and that's the stuff that you can get from Gary because he'll tell you he'll go everywhere to this day, even if he's going on a vacation and there's a happens to be a local wrestling show going on. He will stop and, and watch and you never know. He might actually be on that card because he brought his gear with him. And just this past weekend, we, uh, me and my wife went with a friend to go watch a wrestling show. Um, and we drove two hours away. And I was like, well, you know, what? I'm going to bring my gear with me just in case, you know. But uh, they not they didn't end up using me. But, uh, you know, yeah, it's those small things that you learn from everyone traveling down the road with them that you, you, you take in. And then you, like today, you know, so, again, I'm at the training facility for, uh, for Bob helping him train the new stars. And it's those little stories that I've heard that I can give to them. So it's just uh, passing it on down. But again, Gary Jackson, you know, a mentor, a friend. Um, there's been many other nights in our hotels or either my hotel room or his hotel room where we get a, a 12 pack of beer and just sit and talk and drink. It's a 12 pack. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Justin, uh, we're, 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 we're just going to kind of leave I'm it sorry, there. I'm an alcoholic. No, I'm not. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Justin, I'm going to – I mean, we all three could tell. I mean, we could spend, like, the next three episodes telling Gary Jackson stories. But yeah, I'm going to have right now here. And, and Texan, thank you for sharing that. Um, Justin, do you have any stories about yourself and Gary Jackson? I know you've had a few encounters. I have, all my encounters with Gary have been good. He's always been fair to me. And even when I was starting out, he always made me feel like I was one of the boys. He didn't treat me like a house, how you, how some of the, you know, I don't know if, uh, if you guys have ever encountered when you, when you got into the business, you, you come across a veteran who just didn't want to give you the time of day or they were, they were intimidated that you might take their spot. You know, I was just in awe and respectful as best as I could. And, and Gary treat and to this day, he was always fair to me, even like if I, you know, hadn't been around him in a couple of years, it was like, you know, he, we, we, we went from where we left off and he's always been, he, I think he's got that among the whole community in the St. Louis region that that respect, he's just good yeah. to people. So, mm -hmm. yeah, and, and I'm going to echo that exact, uh, exact same sentiment. Uh, I've had an opportunity as, as Texan told you, both uh, him and myself and several others were at the uh, CAC and I've known Gary pretty much my entire career. The man is going to wrestle until he's 90. He is just that <laughs> phenomenal. But the opportunity was I made a mistake. 
and I'm not going to fib, and you know where it was, Texas, we talked about it. I was the one that made it a point when I went to my conference to book an extremely early flight to come back to St. Louis. I'm talking, I had to be at the airport at like 3 a.m. Wham. Yeah. No, 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 no. You understand, Justin, we didn't get done in Texas, I think that particular night, we can share that. I think you were done at like what? 1? 1, 1.30? And that's embarrassing. <sighs> yeah. That's... I mean, again, there was no sleep time. No. And I'm there, and I'm trying to figure out how to get basically across Las Vegas. And during the dinner on Wednesday night, I had an opportunity to talk to, to Gary Jackson. And he gave me some insight regarding the easiest way to get from the event to the airport, which used to be McCarran Airport. I think now I think it's called Harry Reid Airport. And like I said, I got there at about 4.30, 4.45, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm here. I'm good. Everything's good to go. And I look, and three seats down from me, already ready to rock and roll, is the night train Gary Jackson. And we're sitting there, and we talked for close to an hour. And like you said, Justin, it's just like old times. The man knows so much just sitting and talking. I mean, not even just about wrestling. Talking about life in general. The stories that he can share. I mean, if you haven't had a chance to sit down and just talk with Gary Jackson, you are missing out on a lifetime of opportunity. Just tells you what type of person and worker he, he is. You know, right. when Larry brought out the, the Wrestling at the Chase book years ago, I don't know if you guys remember that book. I have it. Uh, he makes he makes reference to Gary in the, in one of the chapters regarding Flair and Harley uh, wrestling at the Checkerdome. He gives the card. And, you know, he could have filled that story with, with, with anybody, and he still gave a nod to Gary. That's how re- 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 I got I'm stuttering John Melendez here. Uh, uh that's how revered that, that Gary is. You know, people just, you know, he's a legend in the St. Louis wrestling community. That he is. Yeah. Well, well, now we do have to talk about it. This Saturday night, you and Attila Khan, two men who are no strangers to one another. I have to say, if there are two, maybe three true polarizing figures in a locker room, Attila Khan's one of them. Gary Jackson is one that people know. And I got to say the Big Texan is one of those. But this coming Saturday night at East Carondelet, you have to take on a man. And, and Texan, you and I have been friends for a long time. We've been in countless promotions together. We've been in right. many rings together. Thankfully, I've been in the stripes and all of them because you break me like a toothpick. Right. But when it comes down Big to it, I, I got I to ask you, how do you go into a match with someone – who, I mean, I'm just going to give you some words here. Vile, st- sadistic, cruel, calculating. How do you go into a matchup with somebody? I mean, again, guys like Gary Jackson, like Flash Flanagan, like Pete Madden. I mean, Pete Madden's been through everything, and he was left a bloody mess. I remember, I believe it was a volatile curse wild, was a bloody mess, among others. How do you prepare for a matchup? For the, for the Classic Wrestling Championship with somebody who's just, as I'll be honest, as sick as the telecom. I mean, it's a fair question. And uh, I I, I want to strongly say that he's evil. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's not like he uh, just 
turned evil. Attila was born evil. Uh, I mean, he's bloodied everyone, just about everyone that he's been in the ring with. I mean, he just got back from having a steel cage match with Aku and the Barbarian. And uh, Sheik Prater was in there, and all four of those guys were bloodied and bruised. And the thing is, I've been in the ring with Attila. The title's never been on the line. Whether I was, there was me and Bobby, uh, Bobby D went against uh, Attila and Sheik uh, Prater before. I've been in other tag matches where I've been in uh, with Attila. Um, you know, on my Facebook, you can look it up. It's one of my main pictures at the top of the page. I've got Attila, and I'm actually biting his forehead, and Attila's bleeding. And I'm biting his forehead because I'm just anything I can do to get. And this was just a tag match. Uh, but we were, we were trading. I'm like, this is going to get me fired up. <laughs> do it. You know, but. Uh, uh, let me just say, you guys, whoever wants to see a true wrestling, I don't matter. I don't even want to say it's a true wrestling match because I know it's going to be a brawl. Mm-hmm. If you guys want to have a good time, you show up this Saturday in East Crondelet, SICW, because I tell you, I'm going to put everything, every ounce of sweat and tear and everything into this match. Because mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've, like I said, I've stepped in rings with him and I know what I got to. I know that I got to look for everything because you never know who's going to come around through the curtain to help him or his manager, Stephen E, you know, if he's going to help him or if he's going to whoop out some fork and use that. I mean, there's so many things that I got to look for and I got to look for them all and actually look at Attila across the ring and wrestle this guy. So I got to throw this one at you too, though. I mean, again, you talk about Devastation Incorporated, you talk about Stephen E, you talk about Sheep Crater, you talk about Joe Helms. I mean, again, it seems like you just keep stacking the deck and stacking the deck. And, and again, the one thing I do have to say, actually, I'm going to say two things here. One is the idea you've got Gary Jackson in your corner. I'm going to say this point blank. I think there's a lot of people in these SICW locker rooms that have your back from this Saturday night if Devastation Incorporated pulls something forward. But I think, oh, go ahead. I mean, that's true because, you know, if you caught the TV taping uh, this past Sunday, uh, I was going on with uh, one of uh, Stephen E.'s new hires, uh, and I thought I had him where I was going to give him my lariat, and then uh, Sheik Prater came out. You know, but the great thing is, is they try to double team me and I end up doing a double layered on them, you know, and Joe Helms. I got the best Joe Helms twice now. So I've taken out Joe, Joe Helms. I've taken out Sheik Prater. I've gone through his little minions. So now it's time for me to go through to the big dog. And, uh, you know, like you said, you've guys known me for forever and a day. I've won plenty of tag straps. I've won some heavyweight titles. Uh, this title has always allured me. You know, I had a crack at it a couple months ago when Flash Flanagan had it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a great match, but guess who interfered in it? Attila Khan. So he actually cost me my, my chance at that belt before. So now I'm going to take that belt off of him. 
That's my whole goal Saturday night. It's just to take that belt. And if I leave him in a bloody mess in the middle of the ring, that's just uh, cherry on top. Well, I gotta, I gotta ask you one thing. I mean, you're at right now. You're at the Ace Wrestling Academy. You've been preparing very well. I have to ask you. And again, I know a great wrestler doesn't tell his strategies, but my question is, what? How do you prepare differently for a matchup with someone the likes of Attila Khan? You know, that's, I love to do, um, in the training, I love to do where we have like 15 people mm-hmm. and they're all around the ring. And then there's one person in the middle and that one person in the middle, any of those people around that ring can, can tag in and you got to defend yourself against all of them. And you know, Justin, just as well as me, oh, yeah. is anyone in that ring is going to work differently totally mm-hmm. than the next person. So if you're that guy in the middle and then all of a sudden you got to take on 15 different people working 15 different styles, that's the best experience you can have. And we got some big brutes uh, in our training facility, uh, facility. We got some very new rookies. We got some skinny, some tall, some big, some short. We got them all. And I tell you, the man in the middle is the best experience you can have. The only difference is, is they they don't have a knife or fork that they're coming for me with. So that's what I'm going to have to be looking for. Just always looking behind my shoulder, uh, always looking for the shiny object in his hand. But uh, I'm preparing myself. Well, well I got to tell you right now, Texan, we're going to change things up. I know you're getting fired up. I mean, your match is it's just a few days away. And like I said, who knows? By the end of this weekend, we could be saying one half of the SICW Tag Team Champions and the Classic Wrestling Champion. And then again, that's going to be an interesting 2023 for sure. But I think it's also going to be an interesting conversation with one Gary Jackson as well. I mean, he is a former champion as well and countless different promotions. But before we let you go, I know you're ready for a, for a very grueling match this weekend. What I want to do is this. As a part of the WrestleTalk podcast, every week we have what's called the world-famous WrestleTalk podcast game show challenge. <laughs> it's an opportunity for you, a man with a wealth of wrestling knowledge, Uh-oh. to take on Uh-oh. one of our hosts, and it won't be Luke Roberts, and it won't be the maestro Jeremy Carpenter, <laughs> on a particular <laughs> wrestling topic. Would you be willing to take part in this wrestling trivia challenge this evening? Sure, why not? All right. Well, Justin, let, let, I, me, I, uh, let me throw a, a little thing in there, though. No problem. There's there's a lot of questions people ask me, and I forgot the answers, and I chalked that up to three concussions that I can confirm <laughs> and a few that I can't confirm. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> is that is so, true. You know. I, think, I think we've all had a couple of them in the course of our career. So Right, right, right. Chalk that up and go. So, Maestro, if you'd be so kind, if you go ahead and hit the intro music for tonight's episode of the world-famous Russell Talk Podcast, Game Show Challenge. Absolutely. Oh, 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome to this week's installment of the world-famous Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's contest is scheduled for the best two out of three falls between <laughs> Justin Wade and one half of the SICW Tag Team Champions, the Big Texan. In just a few moments, gentlemen, I'm going to give you information about three particular wrestlers that fit in a particular wrestling category. Uh-oh. If you think you know the answer, go ahead and shout out your answer. You can shout out as many answers as you wish. The first one to win two out of three falls is tonight's winner. All right. Now, in Look honor up. of tonight's guest, tonight's category is Deep in the Heart of Texas. Uh-oh. <laughs> These individuals, I got to get this right, Justin. You better. You These better. individuals all have some connection to the state of Texas. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Big Texan, are you ready? Sure. Justin, are you ready? As the great philosopher Al Bundy used to say, let's rock. No. All right. He's quoting Al Bundy. I don't know if we should be scared <laughs> or we should be a little confused, but that's okay. Question number one. This individual had a very successful run in Japan. Bruiser Brody? No. Dan Hansen. He also, what was it, Justin? Stan Hansen. Stan Hansen is correct. I didn't even get a chance to talk about his WCW US title or the World Championship. You helped me with that answer. You were talking about Larry just a little bit ago. Well, so uh, I'm a big fan of both, but I'll tell you, Bruiser Brody, he's the man. (laughs) I got to tell you right now, and I've had an opportunity to see it, and I'm just going to go on record here. I have seen you throw that lariat. And I will tell you right now, much like Stan Hansen, if you deliver on the Lariat Saturday night, there will be a new champion. I can guarantee that. That Damn Lariat right. is perfectly 100% I've, I, I tell you, I've uh, broken many man's teeth, and I've wore bruises of mouth guards and teeth prints and everything on my bicep. Because uh, a lot of people ask me, what's the difference between a regular clothesline and a Lariat? And I said, a clothesline, they're trying to knock you down. Larry, I'm trying to take your head off. Mm-hmm. Big difference. I, I would agree with that. I mean, again, having the, being a referee, I can tell you right now, clothesline, you get back up. A lariat, you don't. A lariat from right. the big Texan, you know you're not getting up. So, <laughs> all right, let's move on to question number two. Are both you gentlemen ready? Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. This individual – was uh, known for spending many years in uh, hailing from Mexico. However, he was born in Mission, Texas. He went on to win the WWF Intercontinental title. Carrie, as well, what? Was it Kerry Von Eric? No. Ooh. As well as the WWF Tag Team Championship with Rick Martel. Name Tito it. Santana. Wow, Justin with a two-nothing lead. Tito Santana is correct. And now (laughs) we're getting the sprinkler. Oh, no. Horrible. I don't give a shit. Texan, do me a favor. I know that he's already got two falls. But please, metaphorically speaking, in this third and final fall, Please throw the metaphorical lariat and make sure that we can don't have to see that again. I would be honored. <laughs> I would be honored to take a lariat from my friend. 
So, all right. Question hey. number. Oh, go ahead, Big Texan. Before I go with question number three. If I happen to lose, I'm going to find some old pictures of Justin in my scrapbook, and I will <laughs> share those to everyone. Well, they probably think it's a missing Got person. They don't look like that anymore. <laughs> all right. Question number three. This individual started his career in the GWF. He moved on to win championships in both WCW and the WWF. Sean Waltman? No. Good, good ah, Damn. This individual is also known for being, I do believe, one of the individuals to hold the WCW Tag Team Championships the most times. But most people oh, remember. Booker T? That ah. is correct. He got it. He got the third ball, so the end result is two to one. Justin wins tonight's pod, uh, Russell Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge, but the Big Tax and making sure it wasn't a sweep. So at this right. point, we're going to go ahead real quick here. We're going to give Justin his little moment. I hope he doesn't do the sprinkler again, but that's not anything out of the realm here. I'm good. I'm not doing nothing. there you go okay at this point ladies and gentlemen uh before we let the big texan go i mean again i know he's right now at the ace wrestling academy uh texan before we let you go um i have to ask you any final thoughts before this monumental matchup this coming saturday night at the east carondelet community you know final thoughts you know when you were talking about gary having my back and a few others having my back you know, there have been some that come up to me, uh, uh, Bobby D being one of them, because he's uh, my brother-in-law in real life. He's my brother-in-law. And uh, he had a match with Attila last month. And uh, Attila just had, well, I, w- I hate to say he had his way with him, but he kind of did. Even though he had his way with him, he still brought out Sheik Prater. He still brought out Joe Helms. Um so even when he was winning, he still had extra help. So my final thought is I just got to be prepared for everything, everything and anything. And uh, I know Bobby D and my tag partner, Gary Jackson, will have my back. So hopefully if they see something coming, they're going to stop it. So it can just be me and Attila one-on-one. And I got to tell you right now, Texas, I mean, again, with having the other half of the tag team champion and the SICW Central Stage champion having your back, I mean, that's that's going to be a very interesting situation if this Saturday you become the classic wrestling champion. Because to be honest with you, you pretty much have the corner of the goal. Right. There's not much else left to go here in the world of SICW. Uh, Justin, any final thoughts for the Big Texan before we let him go? Big man, just take it to him. Don't show any weakness. Leave it all out there. Give everything you got like it's your last match, my friend. That's that's all I plan to do, man. Yep. Leave everything right there. And I got to take it right now, Texan. I, I agree with the same thing. I've seen a lot of things go on right now. And, again, speaking from the experience, I got to tell you right now, Attila Khan, he's a monster. But I just to, to quote the movie Major League, I got a hunch that somebody's due – and somebody like you, 
I mean, you're preparing that clothesline has been very much, very effective. And I'm going to tell you, I saw that matchup between Attila Khan and Bobby D. And I'm going to tell you right now, when it comes down to it, I think when it comes down this coming Saturday night, we very easily could see a brand new SICW Classic Wrestling Champion. For those that want to follow you or follow SICW on social media or the internet, how can they do that, Texan? Man, on all the socials, just uh, type in the big Texan. Uh, You know, I'm going to come up on YouTube. I'll come up on the TikTok and the Instagram and the Facebook. Um, You know, the only thing, uh, when you you Google the big Texan, that uh, steak place in Texas comes up. So don't (laughs) Google me. Just uh, hit me up on all the socials. Uh, You know, you guys know my first name is Jim. Uh, It's actually Jim Hofarth. Um, so some of the socials might be Jim, Big Texan, Hofarth, but uh, either way, just type in the Big Texan, I'm sure I'll pop up. Well, I got to yeah, and now when they look you up, Jim, it's going to show Big Texan loses a two out of three game show challenge. So oh, you got that to look you, forward to. You want to see those old pictures of yourself, don't you? That is, I know, yeah, I got. You wanna, you wanna <laughs> well, I know, I got. Depression. Well, I got I got two more things here. Number one, I want to officially welcome you into the Wrestle Talk Podcast family, Texan, because again, this is a long time coming. I'm very happy we had you on the program here tonight. Thank and you. number two, when, when we have you back on the program, it's not going to be an if, it's going to be a when. My first question is going to be, and we just had uh, actually, a matter of fact, if we can go ahead and pop it up here real quick, um, our good our good friend the Maestro. We just had a good, very a very good friend of the program. Uh, check in here real quick. And of course, now the maestro is not paying attention to anything Luke Roberts <laughs> is saying. Uh, well, are you going to put up the graphic or not? We just had uh, a special guest join us here in the chat and you can't put it up in the on the screen. I mean, you know how the boards can be sometimes. It's trying to... He looks like he's nice and cozy in that bed right there. Well, yeah. he's, he's trying to wait for us to come up, and it might show up at some point. But one thing, when we start our next interview with the Texan, other than you being the SICW Classic Wrestling Champion and one half of the hey, there's Herb. Hey, sir. finally, SICW Herb Promoters message pops up here on the screen. Only took him five minutes, but that's okay. Now, <laughs> as we look at what's here, the first question I'm going to have next time, and I'm just going to say it up front, the big Texan and TikTok. That's going to be a whole 30-minute interview right there. I'm <laughs> just going to leave it there. The big Texan and TikTok, we're going to have that the next time. Big Texan, thank you for coming on the program here tonight. We look forward My to pleasure. hearing this, this, what's going on this Saturday, and hopefully we can say on next Tuesday's program we can have footage and or some photographs of you with a victory becoming the there new SCW classic hey, brother. That sounds great to me. I, I, my pleasure to be on here, man. You guys known you forever. So I'll be happy to come back on anytime and uh, I'll bring my belt. All most right. definitely. Most definitely. Well, with that, the big Texan here on the Russell talk podcast. Thank you, Texan. And we'll be in touch with you soon. All right. Thank you. All right. You saw right there, the big Texan right here on the Russell talk podcast. The maestro getting everything taken care of here tonight. Guys, i got to tell you, tonight has been a great show. I mean, we had a lot of great discussion in hour number one. Hour number two, the Big Texans here. Uh, Snippets of Truth with Big Daddy P. i got to tell you, to me, tonight was a great show. Um, Jeremy, I'm going to go ahead and throw it to you. What would you think of tonight's show? It was all right. 
No, it was. <laughs> you both did a fantastic job. It was a great pleasure to have the Alpha on here. Yeah, he's good. Um, it's great having Big Texan on. Always a blast to listen to him talk. And I personally hope he kicks Attilacon's ass, but don't mention that to Attilacon because he might kick mine. Um, and also having Herb Simmons tune in every week is just. I mean, come on. Herb Simmons is one of the best minds in the business. And God love him. I he, I can't say enough good things. And yes, Willie, you said it perfectly. Will said Big Daddy P, blessings to all. Having Big Daddy P on, always a blessing in and of yeah. itself. And in fact, you know, if anybody ever has a uh, a prayer they want to send in, a prayer request, just email it to Perry at PaintersDream.com. I mean... Goes without saying there. Most definitely. Uh, Justin, your thoughts on tonight's show? Tonight was great. You know, I've been in a wrestling mood state of mind lately. I'm going to pull something out of here real quick. I've yeah, been, uh, I've been uh, going through. I'm reading uh, Scott Norton's autobiography right now, Ooh. Strong Style. And, dude, guys, if you want to know about Japanese pro wrestling, this book is it. I put on the message board. And I'm trying to look for I'm trying to look for some books. I don't know if anyone responded. No one ever responds when I post stuff. So uh, uh, well, well, you know, Justin, one of the things to talk about here too, and I know it wasn't on your list of things, and I I will tell you up front, I have been looking for a couple of them. I wonder if you remember who this guy is. Oh, is that Wahoo McDaniel? Well, yes, Wahoo. And again, a matter of fact, too. Karen McDaniel wrote this book with her good friend, John Cosper. You can get this at eatsleepwrestle.com. And I'm going to let you in on a little bit of the secret. We at the CAC, the Night Owl and myself, had an opportunity to sit down and have a nice conversation with Karen McDaniel. And I'm going to tell you right now, in the next few weeks, we will have Karen McDaniel here on the WrestleTalk podcast. We're going to be talking about this great book, and there's a lot of great stories in it. Uh, take care of things here. And, again, there's a lot of great books available, eatsleepwrestle.com. Um, you also get them on Amazon.com. A lot of great things there. And again, uh, I got to tell you, a great interview with the Big Texan. I think that was oh, definitely one interview. of the high points of the night. Man, we've known for many, many years. Uh, literally, like you said, Justin, 45 minutes, almost an hour just flew by. Yeah. And we're going to have him back here on the program sooner rather than later, hopefully with some more hardware. Guys, I got to tell you right now, tonight's been a great show. Uh, we do need to go ahead one more time. We want to thank all of our great viewers for uh, tuning into the program this evening. We also want to go ahead and give a shout out to all of our great sponsors. I mean, again, we can we couldn't do this without them. Royal Mills Transportation uh, with our good friend Dewan Mills, Rathbun Engraving, the Wrestle Talk Podcast mugs available for twenty dollars. Send a message, Wrestle Talk Podcast here on social media, and we'll get you all the information. Uh, Nobleman's Barber Lounge, Kansas City. Kincaid Arcade of the Oak Park Mall, a great place to go for video gaming and a gaming experience. Interstate 70 Sports Media with the maestro Jeremy Carp, Little Popeye Designs, the home of that great WrestleTalk podcast Tumblr, and the FWWC, the world's premier fantasy wrestling group. I got to tell you right now, guys, this Saturday night, SICW, East Chronolet Community Center, great night of professional wrestling action. Next week, if you're in the St. Louis area, Dynamo Pro Wrestling, Mary Snitchmas. I can't believe I said that, Jeremy. Man, that I mean, was, that's the thing. When you brought me that poster last week, I was sitting there, and, and I'm just sitting here. I'm scratching my head, and I'm like, there is no way. There's no way. But now that is what it is. 
And right now we're going to see the snitch, the Dynamo Pro Heavyweight Champion and Nightmare Jones, Joe Lance's favorite wrestler, the snitch, holding the Dynamo Pro Heavyweight Championship. Kind of gagged a little bit right there, just thinking about a little bit. Nightmare Jones. You know, I'm turning it into a little bit pro snitch. I might have no, to, uh, no, no, no. Uh, you know, you know, everybody needs their Jesse Ventura. You know, you know, when we do this type of format here. Well, you know, so, something, uh, you know, something, you know Justin, when it comes down to it, we might we might as well just go ahead and put hashtag Silent Majority up here for you and go from there. But that's okay. You know, one thing though, again. A great show, top to bottom. We want to thank yes. our, our viewers for watching the program. We'll be here next Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. We're going to have two great guests here on the program. If you want to check out the FWWC, make it a point to check them out this Thursday night, 7.30 on social media. Also, ladies and gentlemen, for more information on the Russell Talk podcast, make it a point. Check out WrestleTalkPodcast.com. You can check us out on all forms of social media. And I'm going to tell you right now, uh, let's go ahead real quick before we, we, we go this week. And, again, um, – uh, our good friend Aaron Wallace putting one last little positive here in the St. Louis area. Let's go ahead and throw that up here real quick. I know it'll make the maestro happy. It might make Justin happy. Uh, just posted here a minute ago. Uh, we're going to wait here a second. The Blues won against the Islanders tonight. Yeah. Make everybody here in the St. Louis area happy. Woo-hoo. I can tell you right now, great night. Great little piece of information. Thank you, Desiree. Oh, man, that's a beautiful uh, looking woman right there, isn't it, guys? Yep, I, oh, I yeah. agree. But like I said, right now we've had a great show here tonight. Make sure to check us out, WrestleTalkPodcast.com. All platform of social media. For the maestro, Jeremy Carpet, for Justin Wade, this is Luke Roberts. We want to say thank you very much for joining us again. If you ever need any kind of help, if you feel like things are, are not going your way, Make sure to check out the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, 988. They're available 24-7, 365. Always be a voice for what you need. If anything, you don't feel right, you just don't feel things are going your way, you've always got an ear to listen to, 988, for, for any kind of help that you need. Always make it a point, just like Big Daddy P said, if things are on your mind, talk to a friend, talk to family, talk to somebody, because they're going to be there. They're going to be that support for you that you very well will need. Once again, for the maestro and for Justin Wade, this is Luke Roberts. We look forward to seeing you right back here next Tuesday night for the Wrestle Talk podcast. Take care, and we'll see you next week. Good night, everybody.